Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In The Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard. I'm excited that you took the time out to hang with us tonight. Man, I'm hyped. I've been trying to track this dude down for months, literally months at a time. I've been, we've been in, uh, interacting and going back and forth, trying to find the right time to get everybody together. This, this episode is for the hip hop heads. This episode is for the drummers. This episode is for the dreamers, the writers, the creators. We're going to talk about uh, this man's story and how he sustained a successful career in the music industry for the last 20 years. He's a friend of mine. He grew up down the road about 45 minutes in the Bronx. He is a big time producer, super producer. This man has produced over a hundred songs for various superstar artists. And I'm grateful that he took the time out to hang with me tonight. This podcast, the In The Pocket podcast was created to provide information, history and advice for upcoming artists, musicians, background singers, producers and actors. We wanna inform you what goes on in the industry and what goes on backstage. So we want to provide insight on how to get the gig, how to get the placement, how to land the role, the acting role, how to get the inspiration to write your next hit. Our guests will provide advice on how to sustain a solid career with character and integrity, because that's very important. These successful creators will be giving their story and giving the next generation to the keys to success. So without further ado, I want to bring to the pod my friend and brother, my boy, King Amadeus Thompson, Antoine Amadeus Thompson. Welcome to the pod, my bro. The yes, BX sir. is in the building. The BX is in the building. Woo! See, let me tell you, I, I brought my I brought my Yankee blue out for you today. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? You keep there it you go. keep it gangster because I grew up 45 minutes down the road. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Yankee fan too. Tri-state area, baby. You Tri-state know it. Area. You know. All love. What's up, King? What up, man? Thank you so much, bro. I'm so grateful to you for for being uh, available for one, willing for another. You know, just to come in and be a part of what I'm trying to build, man. We're just trying to give back to the next generation. You know Absolutely. we're we're not we're not young men anymore, but we're not old men. So we we right there in the middle. These grades, these grades, that's that's knowledge and wisdom. But honestly, man, thank you for having me on this uh, platform. Congrats to you and all you've been doing. I've been seeing a lot of amazing episodes that you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, loving the fact that you know you, you you know what God called you to do, man, and yeah. that's to be a blessing. You know we, we've done a lot of work. We are doing great work, uh, but it's always a blessing to be able to turn around and look behind us to see the youngest that got next. And give yeah. them the information, the knowledge, and the jewels, and the wisdom that they need to be great in their dreams as well. So thank you for having me. You know, we brothers, bro. We brothers. Absolutely, man. I, hailing from the Bronx, you know, the boogie down Bronx. I, I'm, I'm honored to sit down with you, man. I, I remember we met, had to be about, we probably were both about 19, 18 or, or so. Um, I was always coming to the church. Uh, your pastor was friends with my family. Yes, so, sir. Uh, uh, we would always come there and interact and there was always a dope concert going on at your church and you guys had <laughs> banging musicians and everything. So it was super dope. And it was dope to see a peer of mine. I think I talk about this in other episodes where um, when you live where you live, you don't necessarily see other people your age doing the same thing that you're doing. And right. so to come there and see uh, another drummer my age, you know, playing and, and, and oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Now we was Ooh. old, but we, that was like old three. But yeah, that was me and you. Uh, that was at the the what was that? Uh, that was whose album release was that? That I played. Like that was Little Mo. Was that Little? Yeah, Mo? that was Little Mo I album release. That, that was yeah, yeah. Little Mo. I had the pain and paper joint. I think. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. bro. Sheesh. So that was that was like old three. But before that, we had known each other way before then, and um, um, it was always refreshing to come to your church in New York and and just see you guys um, and see all you guys killing out there. So um. Versa, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then with the DW and the way you had to sit up with the ride right there and everything, I remember all that stuff. So, but ever since then, you've always been a good dude, always been, uh, you know, and even then we had heard of the urban legend, legend of you, right? We had heard that there's the drummer in New York that plays for Michelle White, but he makes beats too. And he right. got some heat. So right. we had known like he, uh, he, he ain't just a drummer. He's a producer too. So he, he's a, he makes beats. So that was the urban legend that we heard of Amadeus before. And then I got to know the person. And wow. I'm grateful that we've sustained a friendship over these 20 years. Bro. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Love you, my brother. Love you too, man. It's all love. So let's get let's get right into it. Um, give me some background. How was it growing up in the Bronx? Uh, very difficult, man. Uh, you know, the Bronx is the home and the birthplace of hip hop, uh, as yeah. we all know. Uh, I grew up on 169th Washington Avenue, to be exact, the projects over there. Very tough, man. Uh, yeah. Very tough. So that's why, you know, when you think of church and me being a musician, honestly, I can say that that's what saved my life. Mm. Uh, parents knew that, you know what I'm saying? So it was either school, which they sent us to Catholic school, um, wow. you know, to get the best education and just to kind of protect us from the environments that, that existed. You know, they both grew up in the Bronx, grew up on the same block, my mother and father. Yeah. And they went to all of the public schools, so they knew what was there. Um, so they was trying to protect us from what was there. Um, so it was, it was very difficult, man. But it's what molded me to become who I am as a musician, as a producer, as a hip hop lover, but yeah. then also as a person, you know, not, not, not always does a person that's from a tough neighborhood or from a challenged place allow that to define them. You know what I'm saying? So I kind Absolutely. of used it and make it and, and, and allowed it to inspire me and really push me to be who I dreamt of being, you know what I'm saying? And use that yeah. as like, yo, you know, no disrespect and there's no hate, you know, no animosity, but it's just like, nah, I don't want to be here. I'll, I'll right. be be what I see. I don't want to be on the corners. I don't want to be dead. I don't want to be in jail. You know what I'm saying? So I just yeah. took my environment and, and made it work for me, honestly. Yeah. So how did you fall in love with music? Um, I, I couldn't really go outside. Okay. <laughs> you know, because again, you know, the neighborhood was tough and my mom was just paranoid, which of course. you know, still to this day. But shout, shout out to my mom. Shout but, out to mom. Yeah, I, I couldn't go out, man. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to be in a household day, what am I going to do? So it was either... Yeah. We watch TV, you know, and they had a bunch of different various shows back then. Video Music Box, which I love. Yeah. You know, uh, the Cosby Show was on back then. The Family yeah. Man was on back then. But I couldn't watch TV all day, every day. Right. And my father and both my both parents was music lovers. So my, my father had the big stereo system at the crib. Yeah. I used to wait until he went to work. And my mom's went out and did what she needed to do. And I would go in there and just turn up, you know, yeah. Red Alert and Funk Master Flex mega loud. And yes, sir. You know, I would hear these songs and hear these tunes and hear this music. And I, I couldn't really relate because I was young lyrically. Mm -hmm. I understood what they were saying. But for me, it was the music. It was the melody. It was the drums that was that I gravitated towards. And that kind of was the start for me. And as I kept listening and tuning in, I would understand the music and understand the concept and just would be, you know, banging on the desks and stuff right. like that. And, you know, and, and the rest is history, man. Wow. So was that basically your intro, the, the music, the records and stuff like that? Absolutely. That, yeah, okay. Absolutely. And, you know, because we, we had a thing on, on, it was a rule in the house where on Saturdays you couldn't do nothing until the mm -hmm. house was clean. You know what I'm Got saying? You. No, I know you know that, bro. So Absolutely. with that, you know, my, again, my both my parents loved music. So one day will be my mom's, you know, day that she'll play the records that she loved, which was, mm -hmm. you know, a little hip hop. You know, old school Grandmaster Flash, you know, Melly Mel. Right. Um, you know, but she liked like Kurt Franklin and Hezekiah Walker. So she was salt and pepper. So she was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, my father was like the balance and, and chic and and Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, I got all of those different things. And then for me, it was like, 
it was KRS One. It was Wu Tang. It was like yeah. Biggie had just came out. It was like it's brand new being. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like right, all right, right. Artists and it was tough because they they didn't they just looked at the music I like as junk and and crap. Like that's that ain't real music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was a struggle for me to actually enjoy the music I love because they didn't agree with what I was listening to. So it was tough, but that was kind of you know the introduction for me. Wow! Wow! Okay. So was there any band, school band in, in the mix or anything like that? Yeah, so okay. I attended a school called St. Augustine School of the Arts, um, Catholic school, maybe about seven, eight minutes from the crib. Okay. And in that school, you had to learn a musical instrument. Like, it was a part of the program. So it was a Catholic school, but it's a performing arts school? Yes. Y'all yep. had a cheat code already because we yeah. didn't have any performing arts schools at all in Connecticut. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So being from New York, you guys had an advantage. I, they didn't start building performing arts schools till after I graduated. Wow. So we just had regular high school band. You know, it was an elective. If you chose yeah, to do yeah. it, you could do it. But that was it. Wow. No, it was, it was a must. It was like, oh, no, once you get to fourth grade, yeah. you choose an instrument. And whatever instrument you choose, you know, that'll be an instrument you learned. And That's tough. it's crazy because I wanted to learn how to play either the saxophone or the trumpet. Yeah. On the day that you, we went to school to choose the instrument, I don't know what happened, but I was sick. I don't know if I was sick or something, but my mom's let me stay home. And it's crazy because my mom's ain't never let me stay home in life. Right. So I go back the next day, all of the slots for the uh, saxophone and the trumpet are taken. Of course. The only thing available was the violin and the percussion. Now, I didn't, know what, I didn't even know what percussion meant. Little kid right. from the hood, fourth grade, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. But I definitely wasn't choosing, you know, no disrespect, the yeah. violin from <laughs> right. the project. I'm already walking through the projects, <laughs> you know, all dressed up. So I'm a target already. The yeah. last thing I was do, well, I wasn't going to do was walk through dressed up with a violin case. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was like, I don't know what percussion is. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Next day, I walk into the classroom, has everything to do with rhythm. And again, never dreamt of being a musician. I just love music. I love hip hop. I love the beats. And walked into this class with the drums. And I'm like, okay, cool. And teacher's like, yo. I'm going to play this drum pattern. I'm going to go around the room. See so you can play the same drum pattern. Yeah. Play the drum pattern, went around the room. I played the drum pattern. Yeah. Played another pattern, went around the room, played the other drum pattern. Yeah. And this moment, it was kind of defining a moment because it was like, he's looking at me. He's like, you played drums before? And I'm like, nah. Nah. You ever want to play drums before? I was like, nah. <laughs> and the class is just like lit up. And it's yeah. like a little kid from the hood. That's doing everything I'm doing. I'm got a, a gift, dude. man. Never picked up drumsticks ever in this life, and yeah, that was the moment. Fourth grade, and you know, just off of the fact that I was impressing because I, you know, I loved attention back even as a little. <laughs> right. Just over the fact that I was impressing my classmates to see the faces that they were making and the excitement that they had to see me do what I do. Yeah, that was that was enticing for me. That was what motivated me to do it because I was like, I'm gonna see how many girls I can get. You know, <laughs> we'll be playing drums and see how I can get. We'll we're playing drums, so that's how it started. And then you know, little by little, it really became a loving and passion, a love and passion of mine. Yeah. Wow. So then, how do you transition to church? You know, playing in church. Right. So with me learning drums, you know, of course they teach us jazz. Yeah. And yeah. Thing in that in that world, and it was cool. You know what I'm saying, but. Uh, I was going to Goodwill Baptist Church at the time in the Bronx, and my mom had got invited to, you know, uh, the church I'm at now. It was, it was, it was, um, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Greater Faith. It was Faith Temple Church of the Living God at that time. Mm -hmm. And my godmother went there. Verona Proctor went there, and they invited my mom. She went, loved it, wanted to go back the following Sunday, and was like, "I want to bring you with me." And I was like, mm -hmm. "No, nah, I'm gonna go there. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go over <laughs> here." 
Yeah. You know, she just really wanted me to go, and my father was like, you're going. So right. went to the church, and, bro, it was life-changing. You know what I'm saying? For two reasons, so you're going to laugh. The <laughs> first thing that got me, I'm just being honest, you know, we're going to be a buck and transparent. Of course. The first thing that got me was how many know. girls were there. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking around. It's girls everywhere. Everybody's <laughs> dressed up. Everybody's looking nice. And, you know, churches... You know, they greet you when you come in. They greet you and then, you know, yeah. they visit it and make you stand up. Everybody come over there, give yeah. me hugs. So I'm getting hugs from all the girls. <laughs> and and I mean, I'm just looking at my mom's like, this is the greatest thing <laughs> that you could have ever did for me. Right. For making me come. Right. So I'm yeah. focused on that. She's like, you want to go back next Sunday? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> in Jesus' name, absolutely. Amen. <laughs> go back. But this time, I'm like tuned in to, to the music. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, you know, Derek Garbo on keys. Mm. Rest in peace, Scott Van Putten on, on, on bass. I know, you know Derek Garbo. Wow. Steve Sue White on drums. I didn't know none of them at this time. You know, yeah. Steve Sue White on drums. Um, I forgot his last name. Andy was on Coongas, right? And uh-huh. I don't know who, I don't know if there's anybody who was on guitar back then, right? But so I'm looking at, I'm listening to these dudes. And I was in the back, back, back. Church's packed, yeah. storefronts. Right. You know, I can't even see it because it's here. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment when everything stopped and I think, you know, uh, Pastor White started preaching and I was able to see the mm-hmm. band. Yeah. And that was what, what then again, another life changing moment for me because I'm looking at the band uh, and you said this earlier and they all look like me. Yeah. Black, young, mm-hmm. urban, swag, mm-hmm. style, yep. everybody dressed up. Yeah. Sitting there mesmerized by the sound, what they're doing. And I'm like, yo. So you saying, because my, my teacher was always saying, oh, practice, 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 practice. So I'm sitting there like, in my head, I'm like, so you saying if I practice, I'm going to sound like Steve. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time, but I'm just, you know, putting his name. Of where, course, where yeah. I'm, I can sound like that. And yep. I went every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, and I just looked at him. Like, I just sat there. I was far. I just so sat I would say, when did, you, when did you start moving gradually from the back to the front? Um, When they moved... They moved up the block, and I know you remember this because they yeah. was on two twenty fifth, twenty I think two twenty fifth in White Plains. Then they moved up the block to I think two twenty seven between two twenty seven and two twenty eighth, where we was next to the laundromat. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. When they moved there, it was smaller, so to okay. me it was like a little bit more intimate, and mm-hmm. you know it was packed, but you can see, right? Yeah. So that's when I kind of was able to really see them and see them, and then my mom had joined. And I was on the fence. I didn't really, because I, I, I knew it was important. Like, joining the church is a big thing. And I, yeah. you know, I was young, but I knew that. Mm-hmm. But the music just got me, man. And I'm looked at, I remember looking at my mom like, yo, I want to I wanna go here like you. You know, I want to be here every Sunday, you know, like you. And she's yeah. like, sure. And I'm like, yeah. So I joined, went through the Sunday school process, yeah. you know. And I remember going to pastor, knocking on her door, little kid. And I'm saying, hi, Pastor. And I was scared to death of her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I asked her a question. And you know, you know her. She's like, yeah, sweetie, of course. And I was like, I want to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> like every other like, kid, right? Right. She's like, <laughs> for me? I was like, yeah, here at the, at the church, I'm going to play the drums. And she's like, okay, well, she's like, my son is, is the drummer here. Steven yeah. is the drummer here. Right. And she's like, let's do this. Why don't you be the percussionist? And at that time, you know, I've learned with percussion. Yeah. So she was like, why don't you, I'm going to get a whole new bongos and kungas and the chimes and the wood blocks. I'm going to get you a whole setup. And you're going to be right next to Steven. And you're going to be the percussionist. 
and you're gonna be a percussionist of my church. And this and this will start ASAP. I'll make sure they'll get you everything you need, right? Little kid, and she goes, yeah. I'm gonna pay you too, because the band gets paid. Not a Whoa. lot. Yeah. But I'm gonna pay you too. So I remember, you know, I didn't I didn't expect any of that. Yeah. So yeah, so me getting paid was how I paid for lunch at school and wow. you know, I got a cell phone and I got yeah. my own bill, my cell phone <laughs> bill and but you got moved to the starting lineup so quick though. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us had to wait. You got moved right up. Now, she was right. She was right. I mean, you know what though? And, and and God rest her soul, man. I miss her so much. I miss Bishop so much. Yeah. I think because she was from the Bronx too, mm -hmm. right? They were both from the Bronx. Stephen, she, her, and Stephen, I think, lived near um Baychester. Um, so they're from the Bronx too. He went to Bronx High School, so he already know. So she knowing where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I'm young. I'm into it, and that's how dope she is. Uh, you know, most people say was. I'm just gonna say she is. You know what I'm saying? Because she's still. She's right, still just like just like Bishop, you know, your dad, they live with us, man. They're inside Absolutely. of us always. So, yeah. you know, so I think she recognized that and, and just wanted to keep me in the house. Yeah. In the house, meaning the church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, 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 this little kid is young. He wants to play the drums. He wants to be here. Let's get him in. You know what I mean? Bro, there's I, no I, doubt I, that I, she saw you in the prophetic and she saw the end already. I already know. She saw you blessed in with them plaques on the wall right now. Just crazy, for her giving you the opportunity, man. Crazy. I dig it. Definitely. Crazy. So yeah, man, I, I'm so grateful, bro. Like, cause as, as I'm talking to you, I'm like li looking back and reliving those moments and, and yeah. so grateful cause it could have went so many different ways. You know what I mean? She could have been like, nah, she was the drummer, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. You know, but she found the way she found the spot for me. And, and I was, you know, everywhere Steve went, bro. Like, yeah. you know, this, that's my next question. Paying your dues, you know, paying your dues, being at every service, paying your percussion, being there, you know, being at rehearsal, prayer, like you're waiting, you're hungry for the opportunity to slide on and get your opportunity. Tell me about yeah, those days. Yeah. And you're right. It, it, it worked just like that. And yeah. I remember the point where a few years later, where she elevated Steve to being the organist and the mm -hmm. piano, the piano player. And you remember that. And yeah. she was like, okay, so I'm going to move, you know, Steven on the keys and I'm gonna move you to the drums, and I was just like, like for real, <laughs> like yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're like you're the you're the house, you're the drum, you're the drum. Yeah. Steve was on keys, yeah. And I was just like, wow, and just 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 full circle, you know what I mean? Because I was nurtured and groomed and developed, you know, by Steve Suit White, man. So just to have that spot, I I didn't feel I was worthy of it, you know. But I I worked so hard and practiced in rehearsals and everything just to make yeah. sure that I lived up to his standards. Like I didn't care yeah. about anybody else. It was just like, right. to me, you know, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but as a little kid, this is what I, to me, he's the God of drums. You know of what course, I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I looked at it as a kid, you know, not, you know, calling God name in vain or anything like that, but that's how I viewed it as a little kid. Of course, yeah. To get his, his approval, like not yet, you got it. That's mm -hmm. it. That's all I wanted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much, you know, how that happened. And then, you know, I, I just kind of transitioned into production. Steve was producing too. He was my uh, production partner at the time when I was little. And one thing about me, and, and you know this because you're my brother, I, whenever I wanted to do something, I figured out a way and did it. Yeah. Like, so for even me being a drummer and having to travel from the South Bronx to the North Bronx, because that's where it was at, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was about a good hour ride on the bus. So you're talking wow. about a little kid leaving the projects, mm -hmm. dressed up, getting on the bus with my drumstick bag, yep. going up to church. You know, Steve would always bring me home because he knew where I was from. And he was like, of course. I danger. So he would bring me home, but I had to get there. And for me, it was scary, man. You know, just yeah. being a buck. It was scary because, like I said, I, I went to Catholic school all my life. So just being 
doing that was a target, being dressed mm -hmm. up in the hood. I didn't look like everybody else, meaning how I dressed. I didn't act like everybody else because, you know, I was actually taught and raised with yeah. some spirituality. So I didn't fit in. I stuck out like a sore thumb and everybody yeah. like that. So it was tough, man. But no matter what, it's like as soon as I got off the bus and walked into church, it was like, oh, thank you, God, I made it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I would play play my little heart out, man, and, you know, go home and, 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 and come back and do it again the next day or the next service, man. So that was that was a blessing. That's amazing, man. Uh, that's what I want to talk to, like paying your dues. I think it's different now. Church is such a production now that you don't get those opportunities to, you know, sit and watch and, and come up in the ranks because, you know, it's, it's a real pro produced situation in church now. So it's not, I miss the days of our, our, our youth coming up and watching and admiring and then studying and then waiting for the opportunity and getting the chance. And then, you know, you know, living in that moment and practicing and rehearsing all night and like just that feeling, man. Um, it's something I'll never forget. And I, I wish the kids today had that opportunity, but it's a little different for them now. They got a different, yes. they got to go to YouTube. Right. Crazy, bro. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned some of the guys. You want to shout out anybody from your early days influencing you, your early um, bandmates or okay, anybody of else? Of course, you know, my whole squad, man. And, and rest in peace, Derek Garbo. Rest in peace, Scott Van Putten. Uh, of course, my big brother for life, Steve Suit White. Um, shout out to Aaron. Ooh. Uh, who, used to, he used to, who used to play everything. He used to get on the keys, he used to get on the bass, he used to get on the drums, uh, Mo Styles, you know, because, you know, uh, the drums was was so dope because anybody can jump in and fill in, you know, so, yeah. and, you know, if I was late, was, but I, I was, was, was a lot, you know, late, right. he would jump on the drums and fill in until I got there, so I, I was influenced by uh, Dennis, Greg Moorhead from Mount Vernon, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, please. Um, yeah, bro. Um, I'm trying to think of names. Um, what's my bro from 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 CT2? Um, shoot, dang, bro, he gonna kill me, man. He lost a lot of weight though. Um, like he started juicing and he he looks. Oh, incredible. Mike Clemens. Big yes. Mike. Yes. Yeah, big Mike. Yeah. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, Mike. Don't kill me, Mike. Don't kill me, Mike. Mike. Um. Gerald Haywood, of Absolutely. course. The whole, you know, Brooklyn squad, Jeff, Jeff yeah. Leslie, just everybody. Even from Philly, um, uh, Robert Taylor. Remember Robert yeah. Taylor? Mm -hmm. Going out there to them. Just everybody, man. Just, you know, we we, we had a real dope era, bro. Like, yeah, it was a great era, Christians. definitely. We had a great era, man. And it's you just, had to be on point. Absolutely. Like, you used to pull up. You know, you remember you did it. The bus used to pull up. Yeah. And church be rocking. You're coming in. You know, suit of the booty. Your drumstick, your stimples, your snare and all yep. that. Bruh. It was a whole thing. It was. At what At what age did you know you had a gift? Um, And this is even before production, like, at, especially in drums. Like, when did you know, like, I could do this? I think I think the, that, that first moment where I touched the drumsticks for the first time, and was able to do what my teacher did. Yeah. And I'm like, this ain't normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and he, he said, it, like, everybody in the class was just like, you yeah. never played drums before. And I'm like, nah, I never touched drum six ever, a day in my life, never seen one before. Like, this is my first time seeing it live. Like, yeah. So I think, just born with part, the rhythm, huh? Yeah. Like, I, I just felt like that was a defining moment for me, was like, where it's like, what's this? You know what I mean? Yeah. At your hands, it's like, Okay, like you know, like kind of like a superpower. So I think yeah. the moment I picked up the drumsticks, it, that was the moment where I realized that God had definitely had blessed me with something special, and I was just grateful to discover it. 
grateful to my parents to put me in, in the position to discover it because obviously if I didn't go to that school, yeah, I never I would have never knew that. I would have never learned that instrument. I would have never had that moment, you know. So I'm forever grateful. And I tell them to this day, uh, you know, how grateful I am for the sacrifices they made because Catholic school wasn't free. <laughs> like, yeah, no, so I get it. 500, 600 per child, and it was three of us mm. at that time before my baby sister got here. And they, we all was in Catholic school, and it kind of a moment where it got a little crazy, and my 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 uh, younger brother and younger sister had to had to stop Catholic school, but my father, you know, sacrificed and continued to send me, wow. and that was from a sense of, okay, we got him, yeah, on the right page, he's on the right mm -hmm. track, we can't lose him right now, like yeah, right, so it's a hit, it's a sacrifice, especially around that era, that early nineties, you know mid nineties, yeah, I got you. We could lose him to the again. The bloods that just came came out then in the hoods. We could lose him real quick if we do that, you know. So, yeah, man. I so like I said, the first time I to touch drum six ever in life, I felt was the moment I realized it was something special to me. That's amazing, man. Let's talk about how you moved to production. Uh, how were you introduced? Um, so crazy. So like I said, Steve Sue was producing him and Dennis Moore had had a had a production team. So they was kind of uh you know doing anything in it. Um, I kind of really was into music heavy, but with research. Like, so I was a huge Puff Daddy fan, Bad yeah, Boy Hitman. You know, I started reading the credits and, and the cassette tapes and the CDs and starting and started learning about production and what it was and, and what it entailed and finding out who was who from the Swiss Beast to Dr. Dre to yeah. Jerkins and all, you know, all these different people. And I'm like, yo, this is, I, just, I think this is what I want to do. I think mm -hmm. I want to be responsible for making the music behind some of you know some of the biggest songs because i started as a rapper first started wow first mother and father absolutely hated it they just said oh, like, nah. what was your rap name oh man a boogie <laughs> a boogie you the original a boogie wow it started off from at, the bronx too started off at ant boogie and then i didn't like the ant part because i felt like people was going to compare me to like ants so yeah. <laughs> I, I took the A off and was like, yo, A Boogie, you know what I'm saying? For my real name, Antoine, it's A Boogie, you know? So it's crazy now that in the time <laughs> that today, we really, we literally have a real A Boogie. A real A Boogie. It's <laughs> from the Bronx, from High Ridge, not too far from where I grew up, that's doing his thing. And the only reason why I changed my name was because I was kind of getting teased about it. Okay. Hey, what the hell is A Boogie? And I kind of <laughs> allowed people you know, to kind of talk me out of it, man. And and I would say this to this day where it's like, listen, if you believe in something, whether it's yourself, whether, whether it's a name, whether it's a brand, yeah. stand by it. Don't let nobody deter you from whatever it is that you, you know, envision or visualize because a boogie is, a, and he actually added with the hoodie uh, to it. <laughs> right, right. How that makes sense, it makes sense to him. But <laughs> a boogie with the hoodie and right. out here rocking, man. But everything happens for a reason. But yeah, bro, a boogie, ant boogie, and A Boogie is my first name, bro. That's hilarious. So you move away from from rapping as so you get behind and the creative side. And now, how did you how did you transition from rapping to producing? Yeah, just kind of you know, shout out to my my my, my big brother too, um, Buck Wow. He's a producer as well. Uh, produced a lot of bad boy hits. He did. Um, I got a story for tell. I got a story to wow. tell for Biggie. I love you for Faith Evans. Um, mm. Bowl for Black Rob. Just just oh, yeah, huge. Joints. Classics. Bad Joe, joints for Big L back in the day. I think he did Ebonics. Like, he just a legend in the game. Absolutely. Family friend of my mom's. And my mom, I remember my mom's calling him up like, he took him out, he want to make beats and stuff. Take him <laughs> with you, see if he's serious. And he oh, so mom's new book, wow. Yeah, she knew That's him. Dope. Knew he was in music. Yeah. Didn't understand what he really did. 
right. that he was in music and he had like the plaques on the wall and stuff like that. So she understood something and was just like, yo, come pick him up, take him with you. Yeah. See serious. And he picked me up one day, took me to the studio. And I think in one night he went to see LL, Missy Elliott, Fuster Rhymes, I think Black Rob, all in one night, just bouncing wow. from different studio sessions and playing beats and playing beats yeah. for artists and they picking what they love and rapping to it. And I'm sitting here like watching this whole thing go down. I was just like, yup, this yeah. is definitely what I want to do. So that kind of was the introduction to it. Um, and I would just kind of like be taking everybody's equipment. So like Derek, rest in peace. He had just bought an XP50, you're rolling. Yeah. Walked it in the church, mad hype. He was like, yeah, man, I don't know. Use this thing. I was like, you want me to take it home? <laughs> he was like, yeah, that, that, that I ain't got to carry it home on a train. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I took her home every night. He was like, yo, just make sure it's here on Sunday yeah. on time for service. Of course. And I would take that joint home weekly and being there making beats, figuring it out, programming it, bringing it yeah. back, teaching him how to do it. Of like course. It, was, it was crazy. So that, uh, Soup had an insignic keyboard. So Ooh. we would go back to his crib, making beats on there. Um, and eventually Bishop had bought us an MPC. Ooh. <laughs> the MPC with the Sonic and then, you know, started getting like modules and keyboards and then right. it was it was <laughs> nuts, bro. Was that your first setup? Was that yeah. your first so setup? My you first had? setup, yeah. my personal, because I was using, you know, I, I was young, I didn't have no money, man. So of course. I was always either using Derek's keyboard or or, or you know uh, speed was was my production part at the time. So what I would just go to his crib and we would just make beats together, I'll make beats on mm -hmm. my own crib. So when I finally got my setup, uh, my setup was the MPC, and then my first two thousand or XL. I had the XL two thousand XL. Yeah. Um. So the MPC two thousand XL, and I had the MoFat rack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember I that. Too. The MoFat rack. So I had those two, uh, and every time I got money or like you know saved up, I would just get a new rack. And I think after that, I got I went and bought the Extreme Lead rack. Yeah. <laughs> all the emu, saying? all the emu stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. You know, and then I think I got a rolling, I forgot, a, a 2080 joint. Ooh. I just kept kept rolling, you know what I'm saying? And then and eventually, uh, I think I got the motif joint, you know what I'm saying? And then I the, got midi, the, the midi joint. days, right? All midi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that was pretty much my setup, man. And I was just making joints right at the crib, man. So a lot of the, you know, the plaques that's on the wall is from records that, like, I was literally making in the living room when I was living mm -hmm. with my moms, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, got older, went on my own, got married. And all that yeah. stuff and started making stuff at the, at the crib over there. So yeah, man, it was it was good times, bro. <laughs> that is super dope, and it's something that we all share together. That come up, you know, collecting piece by piece, going to CMash, going to Guitar Center. Yes, sir. You know, testing out everything. You know, I'm gonna get this joint. I'm gonna get this joint. Yeah. But oh, <laughs> it's gonna take me you all year, but you know, <laughs> you know touching in the green, man. Touching in the yeah. green, walking in there like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one day I'm gonna come back and get this joint, man. And it was a great feeling to be able to actually do that. Like walk yeah, in, man. can I help you today? And you ain't there, just and you, you know, you gotta do it. Like you gotta, you walk in, playing <laughs> around with the module, playing around with the keyboard, yep. walking around a little more, and like, you know, you need any help, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> Look at that joint I, right there. Man. I'm gonna take that one. We don't got no more. I'm gonna take the floor model. Give me that. Yeah, you give me, give me that right there. I actually did take a floor. Was it the Extreme League? I think it was, one of them. It was a floor model. They didn't have no more, and I, they wasn't sure when they was gonna get more in stock. And I was like, Nah, I gotta leave this today, bro. Take, take it out the rack. I'm, I'm going Word. home with it. Yeah, I, I know that feeling, bro. I definitely do. Um, you being a musician in church, how did that prepare you for the road? Oh, it was everything. Yeah, everything because to me. It was nothing I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, saying a lot happens on the road. A lot of 
last minute changes, uh, set list changes, uh, you know, artists, you know, changing the set in the middle of the set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I've been blessed to trade trade songs for I think about 16 years now. Wow. Um, so not only am I the drummer, but I'm a music director too. So it's actually my job and my role to yeah. create the sets and put the sets together and arrange and you know uh, uh, and put all of that together. So you know, being up there on drums with Bishop, she's yeah. going to go from one song to the next, and then preaching, and then then yeah, then, yeah. Then, totally then, on the fly, then, spontaneous, yeah. Dick, you know, for, for twelve hours, like yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, so when you get out on the road, honestly, you're looking at that. You can look, you know, and there's no disrespect. It's just being truthful. You're looking at that like there's nothing. Yeah. Like, I, you know, whatever challenges y'all have, whatever challenges you think you might bring my way, I'm prepared for it all because, you know, I, I grew up in God's house, bro. Like, that's that's a different type of training right there. <laughs> Facts. I always say it's, I, it's more challenging to play in church than it is to play on any other stage uh, because... You know, you don't know what you're going to get, what kind of attitudes you're going to get, what kind of, you know, situations, equipment, anything. You know, we're playing our broken stuff. <laughs> See, you, you, you preach the sermon, bro. Like, Word. You, know, you, you get into this fancy world where you have, like, techs and, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, how you want your drums, I'm a dash, and I'm like, just shut it up, bro. Yeah. Like, bro. You want it in a certain kind of way? I'm like, okay, if you, you know, I, I put that like that, but I said, I'm just going to play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. what do you mean? I was like, I'm not, like, all this extra stuff. All this fancy stuff, bro. I, I we played on, like you said, broken down sets, yeah. pieces from different parts, different drum sets there, <laughs> taped up drumsticks that's Talk literally broke, and you making it work. Oh so yeah, all this, all this is extra and fancy. So I don't care how you set the drums up, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you get to a point where it's kind of cool, yeah. where you have it comfortable, mm -hmm. how you like it, and yeah. it's kind of a dope thing, and it's a humbling thing to have a tech where they'll tape and and, and have everything. Exactly. Of course, marked exactly how you like it. So when you pull up next to the next city and you set up, you go, you know, sit on your drums. It's, it's exactly like it. what it was yesterday, the day before that, and every yep. time. And I can't front. That's a real dope feeling to be able to have that. But you know, like you said, we from humble beginnings, man. So Absolutely. all that's extra, and you know, grateful to have it. But we don't need that. You know, we you could just set that joint up. The snake yeah. will be all the way up here. <laughs> and if it don't work cool, I'm gonna play that joint just like We're gonna that. get through it. We're gonna get through it. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fire. <laughs> I, I love that, man. If you weren't a musician producer, what would you be? Yo, Chip, I couldn't even answer that, bro. Like that's I don't so see dope, myself man. Doing any like I I'd be trying to sit around and, and think of like, yo, what if I was like working at Foot Locker? Or like what if I was like I can't I I can't, I don't wow. see myself doing anything else. And if it's not drums or production, because obviously, you know, we get older, our limbs ain't the same. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do it forever, but it has, it has to be something with music, you yeah. know, and that's which, which kind of leads me into like educating and teaching and, you know, music one-on-one college tour we started. And, you know, my, the, the book that I have, the story of Amadeus and the beat goes on going into the yeah. school, you know, and, 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 and making appearances with that. It has to be musical or music related where if I'm not performing or playing or being creative, at least I'm pushing the yeah. next generation or someone else to follow their dreams and live their dreams in music. You know what I'm saying? It's your heart and your passion, right? It's, it's what you were called to do. And it's Absolutely. hard to walk away from it. Like we, I know we can't play at a high, high level forever, but we can, we can also do something to that, that involves music forever. Right. Like Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones are touring, you know, that may go on. You may get that opportunity. You may not, you know, the Motown review still goes, but we can always teach. We can always hand back, pass back the knowledge that we've accrued 
over the years. And I think that's something that's what I'm trying to do on this platform. That's what you're doing with your 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 public speaking and, and helping the next generation. And I see you're always in schools, helping the kids and doing things like that. And that's what it's all about, bro. Like taking the information that you have and helping the next generation. Absolutely, my brother. Dope, dope, dope. Let's talk about the grind in the 90s and the early 2000s, right? We all were aspiring. Well, I know I was aspiring. You motivated me. So I came back and had a production team with my guys back home. And we're all making these beats and we're chopping it up and we're trying to get placements and we're going to Sony and we're standing outside and we're trying to, you know, anybody we know inside trying to get us inside to, to meet somebody's A&R, to meet somebody's manager, just to see if we can, if our, our stuff is good enough to get placed. Wow. You know, talk about that grind of of hustling, like trying to get in to meet these people that can help change your life. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely like you explained it. Um, just kind of, obviously we're not in the studio going down to the city. Um, and this is before social media existed. This is, you know, we didn't have the internet. No, nope. uh, You really had to show face in order to be seen and heard. So that's, you know, kind of pulling up to record labels, standing in front, hoping somebody's leaving the office, you know what I'm saying? Going yeah. to recording studios. Standing in the front, hoping to bump into somebody on the way in or the way out, just pass them a beat tape or a beat CD, and that was fine. And what it looked like, you know, for us back in the day, where, you know, we we, we went to the industry events, we went to the clubs, we went to the yeah. party. It wasn't really our scene, you know, but we had to do that in order to rub elbows and to bump into people that we would needed to to connect with. And um, I remember, you know, a, a device, and I know you remember it too, the, the two way, the time course, two way pager, two way pager, like that was the move, you know, it, yeah. it was. It was if you didn't have that, you wasn't serious. Like you know, yeah. you wasn't in the game because that was kind of how you would connect with people, and I, the beaming thing was so cool. Yeah, you. I never really got a no when it came to like you know getting people's contact. So it was you so just cool beam the do. contact. Yeah, it was so yeah, cool to dope. do. So I would you know well, that's so and so a and I pull up you know producer you let's beam each other contact all right cool like yeah and next thing you know you know you you have that person's contact or you have that person's info so the grind was definitely different like i said more face-to-face -face, more having to be on the scene mm -hmm. connecting with people directly speaking to people not just networking like, networking and actually yeah, meeting people really talking to yeah. absolutely you know being dissed like right in your face like you know like Yep. It's different, you know, to be dissed online or on, on, on social media via a comment or a DM, but it's a whole other thing when somebody's like, nah, I don't want your BCD, I don't want your CD, or I don't want your tape. Nah, I'm good yeah. over here. Nah, I'm good. You know, so... Talk about that, though. Handling rejection. Like, you know, you you have to get a bunch of no's to get that one yes. I mean, I, I you know, I love how you say that. Even to this day, where I feel like a producer is the most challenging thing to be, right? Because I feel like we get the most no's. Okay. We're always making music. We're always making beats, right? So we could, I can imagine how many beats you might, you might have. Like, you know, people can't even imagine how many beats I can have. I'm, I'm talking about thousands in my computer, mm -hmm. right? So if those tracks still exist in my computer, that's how many no's I got mm. for that particular track. And that's just for one artist. So I'm not even yeah. going about how many tracks I've got. I'm saying if I sent it out to 70 artists mm -hmm. and they said no, yeah, I sent ten tracks to seventy artists. They said no. Do the math of how many times I was rejected. Yeah, you know. So I feel like you know a producer. We have it the worst, man. Like an artist, you know, they're gonna make an album. They're gonna put out an album, 10, 15, 16 songs. All right, cool. You can take your songs and put it out. But for yeah. a producer, I gotta be able to get on your. I gotta get you to say yes for you to write, record, sing, rap, 
to that record. I got to go through the process of it get mixed and mastered, and hopefully it's still making the album yeah. before it's released to the world. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we can go yeah. through that process, and the song still not make the album. You can get scratched. You can got mixed, and it still don't make it. So, like I said, I feel like producers are rejected the most when it comes to creatives. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks, you know, but you learn that's a part of the process. It's a part it of is. the um, and I'll tell a story to you and the viewers. Like, I remember sending the game, uh, you know, from Compton, like 80 beats. Mm. Not at one time, like 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah. And I was like, yo, bro, because I remember he was finishing up the album and he was consistent. You know, he hit me up. Yo, I need beats, beats. All right, cool. Send him 80 beats. And I was like, yo, you ain't find nothing? And he's like, yo, I ain't find that one, blood. Mm. <laughs> All right, cool. And I remember being in the studio and I was like, all right, well, I'm finishing up a CD right now. You know, when I finish up this new CD, I'm going to burn a disc to the computer. Yeah. <laughs> you out these MP3s. And he like, I bet. So, you know, finish up the CD, burnt it, put it in the computer, sent it out to him. And he hit me back and was like, we got one, blood. <laughs> and I tell that story because most people would have gotten, they, you know, gotten their pride and their ego that of they course. probably gave away. Nah, I sent him 80 beats, bro. He, we wilding. I'm me. I'm nice. Yeah. Bugging, but I didn't take it as that. I, I took it as motivation. And I'm like, yo, it's not about how dope a beat is or how yeah. hot it is. It's about it connecting with an artist. You uh, know, they have a story to tell. And sometimes they could be looking for a certain sound, a certain tempo, a certain melody, yeah, a certain groove where this is what I need to articulate this record to get this record done. So don't have, sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with you personally yeah or your creative juices or how dope you are it just might be something that they're looking for that you just didn't come with yeah simple as that so like i said it definitely sucks definitely times where you get you know discouraged you get like damn do i still have it am i still yeah. good am i still dope but sometimes they ain't got nothing to do with none of that it's just strictly them looking for a specific thing and mm -hmm. it's either do you it's either you have it or you don't yeah Period. and most times and there's no it's just you know being honest there's no shot at any artist most times they don't even know what it is. No, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it sounds like. They don't. They can't describe it to you. I'm looking for X, Y, Z, and then you hit an album, and it's everything that they said they wasn't <laughs> looking for. Right. And you like, I'm sending you all of these joints that you're saying you, you know, you want, and holding back the joints that I want to send you. Right. I hit an album, and the joints that I didn't send you is all of the joints that you got on the album. Exactly. So and you learn from that. And it's like, so when I send artists music, I send them everything I want to send. What would they hit? What would they sound like on this? So let me challenge yeah. them and see if they like something like this. Don't just send them what you think they want to hear or what they have out. Nah, gotcha. Go against the grain, man. Do yeah. something different. Be different. Be, you know, be unique. Wow. I love that, man. So let's go back to a similar question as far as uh, I asked you about drums. When did you know the moment that you were special? Now talk about production. When did you know? that you could do this full time, like you could really do this? I think it was just the love and the passion that I had for it. Like it's yeah. all I wanted to do. Like I didn't want to do nothing else. Like I had girlfriends and I didn't want to go on dates. I didn't want to go to movies. I didn't want Ooh. to go open. I didn't want to, I just wanted to be home and make music. It was just music, music, music. And I lost, obviously lost girlfriends. Of course. Lost friends. But just the love and the passion that I have for it, just believing in myself and believing that I can, create something dope just like how i'm hearing on the radio on my favorite mm -hmm. cds or tapes that i'm just as good as or possibly better than and i just kind of wanted to challenge myself and keep creating until i really you know became an expert at it um mm -hmm. 
So I felt like, again, same, like, same thing like drums. It took me a while to believe in myself as a producer um, because it's different. It's, it's a lot yeah. more challenging creating something from nothing, literally. You know what I'm saying? So just ideas and different things. You know, my, all, my first beat, all my first beats was sounding like stuff that was on the radio. Okay. Because I was influenced that, by it. You know what I'm that's saying? That's what we would do, though. We would try to imitate yeah. what was on the radio. And- Absolutely. And then... You know, my, I think my boys just be like, nah, bro, this sound like something such that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta create from scratch. You gotta be original. Like, you gotta make your own beats. Yeah. And that moment where it clicked when I had to start making my own beats that didn't sound like nothing else, but just sounded like me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the love and the passion for it really drove me. And once I started hearing the the finishing product and yeah, like like I said, you know, creating something from nothing and, and like, wow, I really did that. Like Dolo by myself and that yeah. sound like that that was all of the pushing the motivation that I needed. And, you know, once artists started rapping to it and started playing it for my friends and they started thinking it was dope, you know, that was the moment when I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep going and, and see where I end up, man. And crazy, bro, 20 plus years later. <laughs> so let's talk about that that moment, with that that defining moment. You got your first placement. Tell me about that story. Yeah, man. Because it's, ep- it's epic. Foxy Brown, I think it's her birthday today. It was, it's either today or yesterday. So happy, happy Shout birthday, out Fox. Foxy Brown. Yeah. Um, so I had a family friend, no, family member, cousin, through marriage, uh, named Joseph Thompson, uh, who was working at Interscope at the time. I, I don't know if he was like an intern or an assistant, but he found out that I was making beats, you know, pull, called me. I was like, yo, I heard you making music. I want to hear what you got going on. Maybe I can plug you. Mm-hmm. He heard them joints and was like, yo, <laughs> these joints are crazy. And I'm looking at him like, you sure, man? Like, don't be... <laughs> Don't you gas me. Yeah, but you really work at the label, man. I don't want, I don't want, you know, going there and embarrass me and you. And he's like, nah, you ready, bro. So I remember him hit me up. And he's like, yo, I'm going to get you a meeting with Anton Marchand. Anton wow. Marchand was like the president of A&R, Interscope. Mm-hmm. I think he was working on like City High. Remember group City High? Of course, yeah. Wyclef and Maya and, you know, a few artists. And he's like, yo, you want you to come up, play, some, play him some music, this, this, and that. So I go up there. Walking in the record label for the first time, like wow, seeing plaques everywhere. I'm used to seeing them joints on TV, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, seeing plaques everywhere and crazy. Um, so I go in there, play my CD, and he's like, "Yo, this is dope. It just doesn't fit like what I'm working on." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's like, "You really like hip hop, like boom bap, hard, <laughs> yeah. core, heavy drums, samples." Right. Like, I think you'd be dope for my sister. And I'm like, "Who's your sister?" He like Foxy Brown. I was like, sister, bro. He's like, that's right, bro. Like my really is. baby <laughs> sister. And I'm like, nah. So I'm looking at my cousin. He's like, yo, that's sister, bro. Like, like I'm about to mess the whole thing up. Like telling him, he ain't his sister. stop lying, stop lying, sister, bro. So he's like, so I'm looking at his name on his desk, you know. And I do research. I'm, I read credits, so I know for sure her name is Inga Marshan. Of course. So I'm looking. So I'm looking at his desk, and his name says Anton Marchand, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think this is really his brother, <laughs> our brother, bro." He's like, "Nah." So he's like, "Here's what we're gonna do. She's gonna be at Chung King Studio tonight at seven. You pull up. She's gonna be expecting you. Play her what you played me. Yeah. So I know she's gonna love something. So I'm like, all right. So it's like three o'clock, two, three o'clock afternoon." I'm like, what am I going to do? I ain't going to go all the way back home. So I'm just going, you know, stay in the city until it's time. Go down there, bro. Walk in the room. She like, what up? Wow. She's expecting you. Foxy Brown, bro. 
<laughs> she's like, yeah, whatever, 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 whatever. Put the CD in. <laughs> Put the CD in. Press play. And she like, you know, vibing. I go to the next one. Go to the next one. All right, go to the next one. So I'm like, damn, she ain't really feeling that. So she's like, go to the next one. So I went through the whole CD. And she's like, yo, you can leave this with me? And I'm like, yeah, bet. You know, Foxy Brown, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. She's like, all right, cool. You know, you, you got some dope joints. But she didn't really, like, show me. Like, right. she, she wasn't, like, going she, crazy. Yeah, like, nah, 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 nah. She got to be cool. She didn't really show me, so I didn't know what to think. So I leave. I'm mad. I'm like, yo, I just left Foxy. <laughs> now, cool. what year is this? Like, oh, what this, year is this? Yo, this? I don't even. Yo, this is like, damn. Oh, oh, two, oh, three? Somewhere around there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it might be right. I think 03, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, it was 03. 03, yeah. So then I get a call the next day from her brother and was like, yo, this aunt put my on your house session. I was like, I don't know. I just played the beats. And he was like, y'all think it was kind of dope. And I'm like, what happened? And he was like, yo, she picked two joints. Ooh. Uh, it's called My Life, Quit to the Grave. And he was like, I was like, well, that's cool. And he was like, nah, like she's working on a soundtrack for DMX new movie. Ooh. It's got word that that's going to be like the actual title song to the movie and soundtrack, Cradle to the Grave. And I'm yeah. saying, really? He's like, yeah. Then he was like, she wrote another record because she kind of beefing with Eve right now. Yeah. Words like beefing with Eve. So she wrote a diss record, this and Eve called Get Off Me. Word. He was like, yeah, that joint is on way to Funkmaster Flex right now. <laughs> and, so I'm sitting there, hyped off of the Cradle to the Grave thing. Right, because it's gonna be in a movie. Death, yeah, about the Eve thing, because I'm like, yo, I like Eve and I love Rough Riders. Yeah, so now I ain't gonna be able to work with Eve because she dissing her like mm-hmm. on my beat, but not knowing how it works. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Later on that night, I got this new record. Foxy Brown's going crazy. Eve, <laughs> yo, and I'm sitting here listening to my song on the radio being yeah. played. No again, bombs drop. Funk, Ma- Funk Master Flex is yelling. first placement. First placement, right? First. Ah, uh, Hot ninety seven with Flex. That's Yo. crazy. So that's how it came about. The plaque is right here. That's amazing. How you fitting? No, that's dope. You know, um, and just special, man. So just you know, and I think you know. Of course, I believed in myself as a producer when I first started, but I think I would probably really say that was the defining moment. Yeah. Um, because you could be making beats all your life. You know what I'm saying? And thinking you're dope, but I think it really takes for someone to use something or to record something and a placement to happen for you to really feel like, oh, wow, like it's on. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Foxy Brown joint happened and it played in the movie mm-hmm. um, and the credits rolled. And I saw my name in the credits on the big screen in the movie. That was in Cross County, two in Yonkers. And to go on FYE back then and, and get the CD and see my name in the credits. Yeah, was everything man. that I dreamt of, you know, as a little kid, you know. So I think honestly, that probably I would say is the finding moment of like, yo, I'm here. Yeah. You know, it's one joint, you know, but this is what I've been working all these years for. You know, this is yeah. all of the sacrifices I've made. And Foxy Brown, one of the illest female artists of all time, is right. going crazy on you know, Amadeus beat. Like, on my beat, is on. You know, and that was kind of so like, I'm not looking back. I'm going. I'm going full full speed ahead. Of course. That, what kind of motivation? That's amazing. What was was that the birth of Platinum Boy then, or what were you producing? Uh, Platinum Boy came about. I want to say two thousand ten. Okay, so like seven, eight years later. I might. Am I? Am I? Am I off? No, I'm wrong. 
Damn, I forgot the exact date. So how that happened was, I had went up to ASCAP. Okay. Um, yeah, it was definitely sooner than 2010 because I had went up to ASCAP. Maybe maybe oh five. Um, so no, so I'm sure I went to ASCAP. Needed to come up with a publishing name and a mm-hmm. name where I can sign up and, and and you know be a part of ASCAP. Right. You know, I was sitting in the office, um, <laughs> sitting in the office, and he was like, "Hey, you need a name like for your company." And I was like. Terrible with names. You, know, yeah. you remember I almost went with Aunt Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat there and it was simple. I was like, well, I want all the records that I make to go platinum. Yeah. I'm a boy. <laughs> Easy boy. enough, right? Platinum boy. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to send it through make sure it's available. It's available. It's all, all yours. You know, got an email from ASCAP saying that the name was available. Yep. And that's how, you know, the name came about. Um, and then years later, you know, it started off with just me as a producer and creative. And then as time went on, it was able to grow as a company and, and get song- singers and songwriters and, and artists and producers. and yeah. you know, that, But that was pretty much how it came about. Do you have a team currently right now? Yeah, I have a team of producers. Um, Boot and Grands. Uh, getting older now, so I hope I remember everybody. <laughs> uh, my boy Chizzy from L.A., uh, Velocity Music. Um, my, my home, a new, a, one of the newest members, King Fufi, right now from, from, from New York. Dope. Um, so I'm always collaborating, man. I, I think it's the thing to do. Back then, I used to always want to do everything on my own, right? <laughs> um, but it's, it's it's you know me becoming the bad boy, hitting on the puff, like Ooh. that of expertise of like just bringing delegating incredible per- people in a room yeah. that all have their areas of expertise, and everybody just do what they do best. And you how did that, that come about? Since we're there, how did that come about? Um, yo, just I did a record for Sherry Dennis. Uh, who had that really big record? I love you, featuring Jim Jones. Yeah, was, yeah. So I did a record for her. I was kind of always in the loop. D- Derek D. Dada and Gilletti, one of the original hitmen, did uh, hypnotized, did all about yep. the Benjamins, bunch of other records. Was kind of like a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, Buck Wild was part of the hitmen, so I was kind of always around. Uh, I had the opportunity to go in with Heavy D, me and Soup to go and work with Heavy D for like a month under his tutelage at Daddy's house, which was crazy because I didn't even mm-hmm. know he. Was- but he was crazy. So I was always seeing Puff, always around Puff, always in a mix of things, uh, always submitting music. And uh, that placement happened with Sherry Dennis. And just the record that I gave her, the beat that I gave her was just really unique from what everybody else gave her. Okay. And it stood out to Puff. And he was like, yo, who made this? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A little young in the Amadeus. And he heard of me before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of how my name came up for him. Like it was it's like a standout moment. And... I remember them calling me in. Was like, "Yo, Fran, Fran managed all of the bad boy hitman producers." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Your name came up, you know, and, and they wanted to meet with you." Wow. You know, all right, cool. So going to office, and you know, I had already had a pub deal, so that that was cool. But so they was like, "Yo, you know, we've been hearing a lot of your music. We've seen you in a resume." Because I already had produced for over fifty artists at that time. So I at already that time, my name. Yeah, um, I was kind of going there with points on the board already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, numbers on um, the board. But he just loved the music and loved the vibe, right? So, you know, it's like you know, let us let us know if you want to be down. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we'll see what's going on. So it was a, a moment of me going to the studio, meeting with Puff, and kind of like building with him. That was like the final approval that was needed in yeah. order for it to happen. And it was crazy, bro. I was working in the MIDI room where a lot, where Big Big recorded a lot of a lot of records. Mm. You know, you go in the mini room, the the, the, the ideas are developed in the mini room. Mm-hmm. And Puff approves it or he likes it, then you go in the A or the B room. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, well, he walks in, so you know, let me holler at you. 
So I go <laughs> in the A room, just me and him. Just yeah. I'm going to play these records. You know what I mean? Let me see what you're thinking. Listen, it's a nasty. He's playing records. We vibing. And um, he just kind of like stops the music, turns around, and just looks at me. Just on some like blank stare. Just like, yo. <laughs> and you know the puff look. Of course. Shades on or off? Huh? Shades are on or off? Shades are off. Oh, he's looking dead in your eyes. I'm just looking me dead in my eyes, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm just looking back at him for a few reasons, right? Where it's like, one is puff, right? So yeah, I'm hyper puff. Two, I've been raised a certain kind of way, bro. So it's like, yo, God, God got me here. God put me here. And yeah. if I'm here in front of you, it's for a reason. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm, I belong I ain't, here. I ain't never scared, you know? Right. So I was just standing there for like a good two minutes. And he just turns around, puts the song back on. And it was like, yo, you know, you go back in the media room, finish working what you're working on. I'm going to holler at you later. I'm like, all right, cool. Got me up. Boom. Go in the room. So I go back in the room. I'm like, what that was? Go back to making beats. The phone ring in the studio. And it's like, yo, uh, friends on the phone. So I just pick up the phone. And she was just like, yo, welcome to Bad Boy. <laughs> like, huh? Y'all don't, y'all don't understand. <laughs> Those of you that are watching as a young man growing up in the tri-state area, as a musician, as an aspiring producer, this is all we dreamed of, man. And like the sound that Bad Boy created, the sound that was coming out of New York at that time was all what we aspired for. We wanted our drums. We wanted to make people dance. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to wear our New York Yankee hat. We wanted our fitteds backwards. Like we wanted our dark shades. We wanted the vibe that Bad Boy created, man. The, the hip hop and R&B merge, like, we wanted that to, to do that, and you accomplished that, man. Salute to you, man. That's man. that's a dream come true, bro. Salute, Big man. Bro, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, once a hitman, always a hitman, man. So I know that yeah. hitman been a little quiet, man. But it's it's a name and it's a title, you know, that I've earned, man. And and so I, I'll forever, you know, because like you said, it's a dream come true. Yeah, I'll forever rep. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing, man. Wow, wow, wow. Explain to them the difference between a beat maker and a producer. You touched on that a little bit. Um. So back in the day, I used to be like, what I, what I should say? I, I think I should say I was a beat maker. Okay. Right? Well, I might have said it the other way. I think I might have been saying, I'm a, produ- I'm a producer, I'm a producer, I'm a producer, right? And I mm-hmm. kind of frowned upon that title, beat making, um, until technology presented itself, right? Where yeah. back in the day, you was in the studio. Yeah. Back in the day, you would pull up to sessions. Back in the day, you would go to the studio to play artist beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like Cyphers. It wasn't yeah. no beats. It wasn't on Melano CDs or MP3s or DMs. It was just like, so-and-so's in the studio tonight. Pull up, go play beats. That's right. how it was. And then you were actually creating on spot or in the lab with them, right? Yeah. So that was, you know, being a producer. But as time went on and technology was developed, everything changed. You had Pro Tools. You had MP3s. You had... Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it kind of that producer artist relationship kind of came to a halt, and it was just like, "Yo, send it to me." Yeah, like, send it to you. He's like, yeah, send you know, send it, send my email. Send, you know, you could send us a phone at time. <laughs> yeah. Email it to me or mail me a CD, and you're like, "Damn, but like, mail you a CD? <laughs> where, where you at? Were you in the studio? I just pull up right now." And it was just yeah. like that changed. So I felt like when that happened, artists started recording on their own, you know, creating on their own. Making building studios at their at their crib, yeah, doing their own thing, 
which kind of X out that producer part where you would go on and actually build with the artist and create and with the artist. Work so with the artist. When that happened, I kind of looked at it as if like, well, dang, if I'm not in the studio, if I'm not really a part of creating this record, then I guess I'm on that beat making side of things, right? So right. to me, that's the difference where beat making is you actually making the beats, building the tracks and, you know, making beats. The other side of it is producing, like being hands on with the artist, being in the studio, creating records, you know, get that line again. You no, know, I think you should say it like this. Right. You know, Advising. Song is done, you know, going back in and, and adding more instrumentation because they might have said something or they might have sung a part here that you felt a change goes there or need to sound bigger and be yeah. a part of the mix process. So that's producing. And nowadays, you know, it's not a lot of producing going on. There's a lot yeah. of everybody making beats and sending it to artists and songs, uh, you know, being made, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I can't be mad at it because it's, it's, it's where technology is today and it's how yeah. things are happening. And it's like, you either want to work or you don't. So you kind of got to get down with the program. So it is what it is, you know, but if I had it my way, I would go back to, you know, being in the actual lab. Oh, there's nothing like being in the room creating, man. Like, the, like you said, the game has changed now where we're emailing tracks and sending parts. I ask music, different musicians that come on, you know, when's the last time you had a session with the artist? And they really have to think. Yo. You know, it's wild. I can't tell you when, bro. I'm talking about years. Wow. Before years. even COVID. Before, before COVID, it still has slowed down. Years. Wow. Where... I think the most artist, the most artist I got records with is Chris Brown, right? We, we got so many songs together. I did nine songs. No, is it eight or nine? Nine songs on Heartbreak on a Full Moon. Yeah. I had a song on Indigo album. I had a song on Fan of a Fan with him and Tiger. Yeah, man. He wrote the Jayla record I did. He wrote the Justin Bieber record I did. Like, we got mad songs. Joints, yeah. I never, ever, been in the room with him. In the room at all. Wow. With, with Chris Brown. Wow, that's yeah, amazing! Studio at his crib now, so it's like <laughs> yeah, you know he, you know it's, a, it's an intimate thing, you know. And he he invites people over there, you know. He's in L.A. I'm I'm in New York, so I, I think it was a it was a thing where I was in L.A. and he was in in the studio. He would definitely allow me to yeah, pull of up. course. Everything we've done, it had been it's been on some me sending it through and him kind of getting in the lab and doing his own thing. And I, nine times out of ten, I hate a record when everybody else hate a record. Wow, I want to say so. There's no creative process, so there's no like. I, um, can you do this part over? There's none of that. It's just I like I think it was on one song. I think it was on "Take a Risk," the song we did on Indigo. Mm -hmm. That they wanted to add or make me make a change to a joint. Mm -hmm. They actually sent the song coded, you know, yeah. password and everything. So if something happens, they would know it was me. <laughs> of course, yeah. Song, you know, go back in and create like a build up or some like something something small like that. But other than that. You know, the engineer would do like those little effects. Shout out to TZO would do different effects and different things on his own. Yeah. I hear when everybody else hear it when I when I'm dropped. The yeah. game has changed, bro. The game Big has time. changed. Wow. All right, let's move to the live aspect. Back to you being a musician. Uh give me three things that are in your equipment bag that you take with you on the road. Um Drumsticks, um, naturally, yeah. So carry, you know, I, I, I be, you know, something happens to them, or if I break them, or they, they ain't got the right joints. I don't know. I always drumsticks. Um, uh, I always take my my uh, speakers with me. Okay. Portable. I got my, I got a pair of KRK portable joints that I take with me everywhere I go because when I'm in a hotel room, when I'm on right. a tour bus, backstage, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, I always want to hear something. You know, whether it's yeah. me fine tuning something or tweaking. Or, mm -hmm. or changing something a part of the show. 
Or just listening to just music in general, getting myself in a band and, and, and everybody else in the vibe. Yeah. Who, you know, uh, music is a mood setter, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's important too. Um, what else? I have my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, phone is everything, man. That's how you get the messages of, yo, we want to change this. We want to change yeah. that. Yo, email me this. MPV. Yo. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a must, man. What's um your pre-show ritual? What do you do before your shows? Um, just being transparent. I always, you know, it's probably you know, some a little, a little sip of something. <laughs> you know, take the edge off. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not an alcoholic or anything like that. I <laughs> nah. You know, I'm not. I never been a smoker. Uh, but just you know, a little sip of something. Yeah. Uh, just to take the edge off. Uh, yeah, so a pre-show. You have a pre-show meal. Um, I don't really like to eat before. Yeah, I don't really like either. to eat before because you know, I you you can relate. As a drummer, we moving around, bouncing around, yeah. thumper, and have yeah. and it's like, nah, I had a bad experience with that one time <laughs> at the beginning where I ate and had to go to the bathroom during yeah. the show. So the show, like, yeah, bro, I went too. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing nothing on myself. I ain't doing nothing. I love it, man. I remember I be praying like, God, please just oh, let no. me get to this. I'm out. Um, and Trey, Trey, Trey was singing, I think Neighbors Know My Name. Oh my God. And it was a break because you know we ended the song, so that so the track portion of it and me playing yeah. live was done. Yeah. Now it's his butters on keys. And you know, he's kind of like doing the whole singing thing. And I'm like, yo, I gotta go, bro. Yeah. I hit my tech and my this and and, and, and uh stage manager was like, yo, I gotta go to the bathroom right now. And we was outside, we was in Detroit, we was outside, so we, they had to run me to a trailer. Wow. I'm trying to run. I was like, yo, I can't run, bro. <laughs> this is I awesome. I'm gonna walk swiftly, <laughs> but I can't run. I'm going. And they on the walkie-talkie. He's like, yo, how this? So Trey don't even know I'm gone. Oh my God. So Trey's trying to end and he's and Buddis is and Buddis is like head down like playing from to keep singing. Yeah. He turns around was like I'm so trying Buddis to end this like, <laughs> so Trey looks and he was like and he was like oh my god they turned around they was trying to get him to take his shirt off and he said no because it was too yeah. early in the show it was too early in the show your boy turned around and was like so what y'all said about my shirt <laughs> stalling oh, took his shirt off was going crazy so I'm I'm going. I'm using the bathroom. This is number two, by the way. I'm being always transparent. Of course. So the stage manager is yelling, "Yo, hurry up, bro! Yo, hurry up!" I said, "You got." It. And I said, we, "He's outside the trailer." <laughs> I'm in the So he's begging on the wall where the bathroom is, yelling. <laughs> I'm yelling at him. You gotta stop talking to me, bro. <laughs> I'm focused. You got. If you keep talking to me, it's not like you gotta stop talking. To me, <laughs> I'm trying to work here. <laughs> Funniest thing ever. So we does runs me back to the stage. I sit out on the drums. I get back on the microphone. Like, bruh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I was not going on myself, bro. And he <laughs> turns around and, and ends the song. You know, he walks back to the drums and is in tears. <laughs> he's like, I was about to fire butters tonight because <laughs> I'm like, yo, why is he not ending the song, bro? Yeah, man. Talk so he's talking, he's saying this to me as he's looking at me. And I was like, yo. And then we finished up the show. So yeah, I do not eat. Like nah, I got eat, you, bro. I eat, it's like. Two hours, three hours before, yeah. like before the hit. I got you. So, um, 
let's talk about music. How do you retain the music that you have to perform? What are you some yeah. provide some advice for that? I have no idea because I'm the worst. <laughs> really, like, <laughs> bro. That's one thing that I was always afraid of. Like okay, I just I think period. Like just even in church, it was just like, yo, when it's time to play this on Sunday, mm -hmm. I gonna remember all of the hits and all of the chocolate. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just think it's more of a feeling. Yeah, and honestly maybe muscle memory okay you know of like i this goes here and kind of not overthinking it and just kind of just letting it be a, a what did it what did it feel like when it got to that part or felt like that i could have played it um and so you play from emotion stuff, rather than memory like you yeah bro because i'm feeling not really it good yeah I was like, yes i'm like and i've always been like that music period like that's how i create too i create off feeling so everything okay. i never on the equipment with an idea in my head. I don't I don't have ideas. Like, well, it's, a, it's a good thing that you're the boss in that situation. <laughs> bro. <laughs> right. That, that'll work for everybody else. <laughs> Yo, so I, I couldn't even tell you, like, how do you memorize that? I have no idea. <laughs> and I play, and all of the parts are there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think when you just keep doing it over and over, it yes. resonates. Like I said, it just, yeah, yeah it, come, it, it, it kind of just gets there without without having to force anything, you know, it's, just, it's like a natural thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Um, how has the music industry changed? Everything from, yeah. you know, like being hands-on, like we expressed earlier. Yeah. Being on the scene in the studio, collaborating, the technology, um, technology, definitely a gift and a curse, you know, like I remember I had, it was, I had a rec, a method, uh, a record with method man back in the day, one of my, one of my heroes, Mm -hmm. And Pro Tools had just came out. Yeah, and I, he had paid first front half, you know, paid the front half for the producer, or the producer fee for the beat, and in the studio working on a joint. I remember, I never forget getting a uh, a call from the A and R like, "Yo, we ain't gonna take the beat no more." And I'm like, "What happened?" He's like, "Yo, he can't figure it out." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yo, the beat is too tricky." He went in the studio and like tried a few ideas and tracked a few different things and it just wasn't coming out right so we're not going to take this joint right so you got to think back in the day it wasn't no rehearsal like on the beat no yeah like you no. would pay for the beat yeah and then go into the lab and record it and that's that like it ain't no okay we're gonna pay a hat like now you would pay for the beat so when technology came it, it was like cats having auditions <laughs> yeah with the music like yo let me see how this goes <laughs> right on work couldn't do that Test before Nah, you know, so I just think you know the technology. Now we have social media, you know, so the fact that everyone can kind of show what they're capable of, introduce themselves to the world, display their gifts, just to, it, I think it's a great thing. But now it's like oversaturated, right? And yeah, of course. Everything and everyone is so accessible that producer and producing and musicianship is something that everyone wants to do right now. Like yeah. back when we came up. Like it wasn't like a hundred drummers lined up. It wasn't like a hundred producers. It was like a few of us. Yeah. Or, you know, and no one was really like focused enough to really stick to it. So, you know, you had to do that or the, or the male little females that came and that wanted to be a musician and saw what it took and quit yeah. or went right. back to streets. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. So nowadays it's just everybody wants to slot, wants to spot, you know, so everything is oversaturated and, you know, and now, now that it's so accessible, I feel like the real love and passion is not there for the music. You know, you have all of these artists that's popping up today in the next 20 minutes, 
that's doing the same thing. Everybody making drill music now, and everybody's kind of like following the trends and the sounds instead of being real, organic, and authentic. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot, man. It's a lot to yeah. the game now, and and I think the only thing that allows me to continue it is the fact that I've created relationships that I've created, developed mm -hmm. them, maintained them. Um, I have the love and passion for it still. Yeah, you know, focus on what I do. You know, focus on what I do and what I bring to the table, and make sure that it's a one, and that mm -hmm. that it can compete uh, with what's out here right now. Music. I would say, how do you stay relevant? Like, how do you twenty years in the game? How do you stay relevant? And you know, you're in a different dem demographic now, as far as you know, we're not kids anymore. So yeah. we may not even like the kind of music that's out right now. But how do you stay relevant in order to keep creating? Love that question. Uh, stay tapped into the youngins, man. Yeah, like I'm not that old, you know, grumpy dude where it's like <laughs> the, the yo, the young OGs that's like, you know, pissed off at the younger generation. It's like, nah, man. Like it, it might some of this stuff might not be my cup of tea, right? But if it's keeping you from doing something negative, I'm with. If you if you're feeding your family and providing for yourselves and staying out of trouble and and doing what you love and performing on stages all around the world because you got fans and, and they love what you do, more power to you. You know, right. so it's about. Instead of hating, you know, embracing it and loving yeah. what's going on and wanting to learn and get an understanding of what's going on, right? So yeah. for me, you know, I surround myself with the youngins. Yeah. Like, yo, what's the way? What's going on? What, 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 what you know, how should, how my 808 supposed to be sounding? Like, what, what doors mm -hmm. you using? You know, you know, what, yeah. you know, what, 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 you know, so like, what plugins you got? Like, what's, what, what, uh, what loops you buying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we yeah. different day, bro. So, you know, just like back in the day in, in the movie Belly. Yeah. You get that? No, no, not belly. It was uh state property. Get down and lay down. Get down and lay down. Get yeah. down and lay down, man. So I've never been that guy that's just mad and, and angry and, and and nah, bro. Like show me just like I show y'all the way of how it works for us and yeah. how to sustain and how to be great from my time. You know, yeah. Now y'all turn around as the youngins and show me the way. Show us the way. Show us the drill. Show us what the sound is and the technology is and and where we at now. And I take me. And, and and always take me a piece of me and incorporate it with with the new and just merge the two. Yeah, I, I love that man. I I love that. Um, thinking about all the relationships that you built with different artists, um, do you consider them friend or how do you handle that fine line? I just want to provide advice. Like you know, is the artist your friend or you know how do you handle that situation? Love that question. Um, some of them are. Yeah. Some of them, some of them are you know colleagues. Mm -hmm. Some of them are friends. Some of them are brothers, sisters. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it just it just depends, and you learn who some of these people are. Yeah, and then you can kind of distinguish where they fit. You know what I'm saying in regards to what they are to you. You yeah. know, there's some people that I speak to on a regular basis. There's some people that I don't speak to on a regular basis. There's some people that just is just strictly work, strictly music. You yeah. know, what I'm saying? and there's some people that care about my family, some people that care about my kids, and vice versa. Yeah, so it, just, it, just, it just depends, and you have to be able to separate the two, you know, yeah. and know where you stand, know where they stand with you, and know where you stand with them. Yeah, and, and, and take it how it is, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and mm -hmm. don't be at it, don't you know, because you'll, you know, you'll learn, um, you know, a lot of the industry stuff be fake, man. Yeah, of course, where, you know, when you hot and you're on top of your game. You know, everybody returns your phone calls. Everybody returns your emails. Everybody returns your text messages. You know, the moment you become lukewarm or, or maybe cold as ice, mm -hmm. you know, learn who's who. You learn who really got your back, who really, you know, is going to look out for you. You know what I'm saying? And who's really there or, or who's just 
you know, a check. Yeah. Simply, you know, making it simple and plain as that. At the end of the day, I love music as a passion, but, you know, we grown. We grown men with families now. So yeah. this ain't a hobby no more. This ain't no nah. doing this for fun. Like, this is how we eat. This is how we provide for our families and for ourselves. So this ain't no game to us, you know. So, you know, I, I and I, I put everybody in the box that they fit. And yeah. at the end of the day, them as, a, them as people, they show me where they want to be. Yeah, of course, yes. Where, yeah. where I put them now. You show me where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's what it is, you know. So don't get, you know, for the youngest that's in there, don't get caught up with who people are or, or caught up in that celebrity stuff, man. Like, they breathe just like us. They breathe just like us. They have flaws just like us. The people who believe in themselves, you, you know, that never gave up on themselves and went and got that. You yeah. know, like you can. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I just finished right before I came on. I just finished watching, you know, tennis. That's not what I do. Mm-hmm. But so to see people in their greatness doing what they love and what they're passionate about, right? And I love that. So it's like, how bad do you want it? Yeah. How hungry are you really? You know what I'm saying? You're going to go get yeah. this food or what? Like, or you're going to starve. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Can you provide any advice about being good with money? Yeah. So when I first came in, whew, <laughs> I was crazy. And I have no, I have no regrets, man, honestly, because I'm from the hood. I'm from the bottom. Um, growing up, going to Catholic school, uh, wearing dress, dress, you know, dress uh, slacks and shirts and ties and shoes all my right. life. I didn't have the Jordans. I didn't have the Pele Pele's. I didn't have, you know, that get fresh that the hood had. So I was laughed at. I was mocked. I was teased. So I think once I got on my own and started getting money, I was like, yo, bro, I want to go and get, and that was my mentality. I want everything I couldn't have as a young Of course, yeah. So I went, I remember, I'll never forget it. I went to 34th Street with the Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, let me get all those in a 10 and a half. <laughs> and it was, it's, you know, it, you know, it, it, it sounds, you know, and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be a buck for us as grown men now. Yes. And for those that are listening and tuned in, it may sound ignorant and immature, right? But from that young lens, yeah, it's a, it's a moment. It's, it's a, a moment. moment, yeah. It's, it's a rite of passage. Of all these Air Force Ones in every color and ten and a half, wrap it up, bring yeah. it out. Yo, I, I, you know, we in church. So, yeah. you know, you seeing all of the bishops and the elders and all of the fly musicians and gators. All right, so now I'm going to go down to the gator spot. Give mm-hmm. me all ten of these. Yeah. <laughs> Single color. I want every suit. I want every tie. I want Versace. I want. Yeah. But crazy. I went and yeah. ate at every fancy restaurant there was. And I went and did all of the things that I dreamt of being able to do once I got the bag. Yeah. And it was it was a learning experience when that year was over and mm-hmm. I sat down with the accountant and he was just <laughs> like, This is what you made this year. And we talk and I'm talking about like something crazy, like maybe like 90,000 90, crazy. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. yeah. What you made this year. And me looking at what I had left. Yeah. And was just like I cool. And I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I'm trying to think. I think I was married or getting married. Something like that. I'm no longer married now, but getting married or at the beginning, something like that. And it was a learning moment. So even my fiance and wife at the time, like she let me go crazy. My mom, everybody just let me be. Yeah. So that I could live and experience what I wanted to experience. And again, that was a learning moment for me. It was like, I cool. It was a moment where I had to sit down and have a conversation with myself. Like, you got it out, bro. <laughs> you yeah. Got 
did everything you wanted to do. You cool now? All right, cool. Yeah. Let's move forward and let's be on point. So as the years went on, I think immediately, I was like, yo, I'm going to crib. And that was a goal. I remember I was, we was living in Yonkers, um, you know, in a building, kind of in, in the hood a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would see Jadakiss and, and DMX and all of these dudes. So that definitely had to be the hood. So, wow. you know, and I remember being in the crib. My wife at the time was working. And I was like, yo, I want to move. Random. It's like, yeah. I want to move and I want a townhouse. Like, and I went on to Google the realtor, mm-hmm. found the realtor, found like different joints I like. Wife came home and was like, You like these? And she's like, Yeah, what's going on? I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. And I would say, like, no I kid you, bro. Like a week later, two weeks later, we was we we was moving out and moving into, into the house. house. That's amazing, man. I explained wow. that day and I was a little youngin, think maybe 20, maybe 21, whatever, crib, car. Yeah. But I wanted to have a house that I could have my own. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And ownership. And, and I was a little kid. Nobody taught me that. Nobody showed me that. I just figured it out on my own based off yeah. of what happened the year prior where I was like, yeah. I don't want to be that guy again because 90000 could have definitely been in a bunch of different places way better than on my feet and my stomach and yeah. on my well, body. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. So, yeah. So, you know, I would just say, you know, and there might be a lot of youngins that's out there that may have experienced what I've experienced, I've grown up, how I've grown up, maybe have not have had different things and that may want to experience what i've experienced i'm not going to yeah. tell them not to i'm just going to say make sure you hustle make sure you work because I, I i did even better the following year so it wasn't like yeah. i made that work like that and then fell off it was like nah i was influenced and even inspired more to go harder so my work yeah. ethic is crazy so if you're going to do that just make sure your work ethic is what right. it is so that you can come around and have a have a part two to that you know what i mean but save build invest you know, make your money work for you, invest in your equipment, invest in your sound, invest in your studio, invest in your brand. Now, you know, because now we have social media and all of this other stuff. Yeah, like that right. At. So it's so nah. much more where you got to put your money at, man. So, you know, it's, it's, and there's enough tools and information out here for you to learn what to do with yours. So, hey, so that's that's dope because you're doing, you have multiple phases, right? You're, you're MD, you're a producer, and now you're, you have a residency. You have something unheard of as a musician, like talk about that experience, how you, you know, have an opportunity as a musician to have a residency at a prestigious place, like where you work. Bro, it's the craziest thing ever. Super dope, man. And I'm like, but how? I mean, I know how because, you know, we we serve a God that could do anything. That's right, bro. I know how, right? But just from the natural realm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The earthly realm is just like Vegas. Yeah. You, you, residencies, you're talking about residencies in Vegas, you're talking about Anita Baker, you're talking about Boyz II Men, you're talking about yeah. Bruno Mars, Usher, J-Lo, you know, uh, musicians, Tony uh, Braxton, Indians, Tony Braxton. Yeah. you're talking about magicians, like Elvis, you know what I'm saying? I just watched the Elvis movie yesterday, that's crazy. Bro, like, you're talking about that, so when you say yeah. a drummer mm-hmm. had a residency at the number one nightclub in Las Vegas on the strip, Dre's nightclub. Dre's know, nightclub. The home wow. of Chris Brown and Tiger and Jeezy and Fab and Keisha Cole and T.I. and Ross. It's nuts, bro. Rick yeah. Ross and, and Migos and Big Everybody Shot. comes through there. Busta Rhymes. I see every I was like, this dude. It's nuts. Wiz Khalifa, like Snoop, 50 Cent. Like, it's nuts. It's and nuts, too. 
me being a drummer, yeah, you know, I'm on a flyer. Like I'm I'm as a drummer, it's it's yeah. bro, like God is amazing, man. And just shows to show you like it's it's so much opportunity and, and, and so many things you can do if you work hard and and really work towards, you know, uh perfecting your craft. Like I don't believe in perfection, but I do believe in excellence, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's about really honing in on your craft and, and shooting in the gym and becoming all that you can be, right? But then besides that, just being a great person, man. Yeah. Like just be close to just just you know, real quick, like how it happened, Trey has a residency there, right? So he obviously when Trey performs, he has the band. Yeah. So we was there, we was getting ready uh to, to play our set with Trey. I was there, you know, making sure the kit and everything was good. Mm -hmm. And a gentleman comes up to me and he was like, yo, why don't you jump on the drums and play with the DJ? And in my mind, I'm like, why would I do that? Yeah. But my face <laughs> and my presence is like, I guess so. I think that might be cool, you know. And I told yeah. him, I was like, listen, I don't want to be tired from my set with Trey, so I'll probably jump on for like 10, 15 minutes, yeah. you know, see what's going on. And I jumped on, and it was a vibe. And basically, yeah. I just played to everything the DJ played on. No set list, no, right. no nothing, just vibe. And it was mm -hmm. really dope. So I played the set with Trey, got off. Trey Manis was welcome to me. He was like, yo, you know who that was, right? And I'm like, nah. He was like, that's Victor Dre. <laughs> the owner. <laughs> Victor Dre. I said, why does his last name sound like the name of the club? And he was like, exactly. That's the owner. And he's like, wow. Yo, they want to give you your own residency. And I'm like, I, and I, don't, I don't know what that means. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yo, they want you. They know you're going to come and play with Trey. But besides that, they want you to come on your own and, and play with the DJ and have your own residency as a drummer for here. And I didn't even understand none of that, bro. Yo, that is the he's ultimate favorite ain't fair, bro. That is incredible. So he's telling me that as I'm coming off the stage from playing with Trey. So I don't even know what's going on. So yeah. he's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. You know, so like basically like they, yo, they're going to fly you out, fly you out, pay for your flight, put you in a hotel, pay you, you know, and we're going to work out a bunch of different incentives with you being here and things you'll get and stuff like that and access and this thing. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, they're going to put you on every weekend. Oh, my God. God, like really? So prior to the pandemic, yeah, I was every weekend, bro. I would fly yeah. out from New York on Friday, land it Friday, play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, fly home on Monday. Same thing the next day, same thing the next weekend, same thing just all year. <laughs> every so you week, lived you basically lived in Vegas and lived in, in New York, right? By coastal, crazy. <laughs> That's nuts, crazy. man. But those opportunities don't just happen to people that don't deserve them. You get what I'm saying? Thank like, you, like, I wanted to have you on for all your accolades and all your accomplishments. But I also wanted to talk to you because you're a good person, and I like talking to good people that that have good character. You know Thank that you. are that are upstanding in the community that have a good reputation. You know, right. as as skilled and as as uh, accomplished as you are, you're still a kind person. To yes, talk sir. to people, you know what I mean. You give back to the children. You, yes, you give it. You provide advice. So I mean, I as as dope as you are as a musician and as dope as you are as a producer, you're not a jerk. And right. you know, a lot of people that are affluent tend to be jerks. Yes, sir. And so um, I just wanted to bring you on to talk to you to give you your flowers as well to let Thank you know you. that I appreciate you as a brother and that I wanted to provide exposure in my on my little platform best no, I, I can. Just about it, man. But just to let people know, like Amadeus is the real deal. Twan is the real deal. And he's a good person. You know, he's a great musician. He's he's skilled at what he does and he's earned he's earned all all the accolades, all the awards, all the nominations. He's earned that. But when you strip all that down, 
Antoine Thompson is a good dude. That's and true. that's what I want the people to know. And I think I just wanted to sh shout you out in that moment and let you know that that's how I felt. And I wanted the listeners to know as well. Thank you so much. And that means everything to me. And I, and I pride myself on that, right? Where people always say, yo, what, man, you got, you did all this stuff and, you, and, and his name and the world knows you. And it's like, oh, that's cool, man. But like, it's, it, it, it takes, no, like, it takes nothing to be humble. Like, yeah, just that, just as God has blessed me with these amazing opportunities and experiences, like he can take it, everything, he can take everything away. We, we see it, we see it all the time where yeah. people be up here and then just, and just hit rock bottom. You know, and yeah. I've hit rock bottom a few times just on some personal level, you know, like just going through a divorce and, and having to move and, you know, figuring, f feeling like life was just over, you know, because of that and, and disappointing God and just, just having yeah. my own personal yeah, it happens, life, man. you know, the pandemic, the pandemic, you know, really, and it hit the world hard, but I can obviously only speak for me. Okay. It, it hit hard. Like it hit really? real hard oh, from a man. mental state, from an emotional state from a financial state. And I was very uh, vocal about it. Okay. Because I felt like that was important. Like mm -hmm. people see people and see the life people live and just think that everything is just great. It's like, nah, man, everybody suffers. Everybody struggles. Everybody. Yeah. And that, that pandemic, everybody felt. I don't care how rich, and I'm not rich yet, but I listen, I, I, I don't care how much money you got, who you are, what hangs on your wall, where you live. That joint affected the world, like yeah. the entire world. So just to be able to bounce back from that and to get back to doing what I love to do and and, and helping people and pushing people and just being blessed, you got to be it, like, I, I have no choice but to be cool, man. I have no yeah. choice but to be down the earth and humble and and to be a blessing. Like we, we've been taught too well. We've been raised too well, you know, yeah. by our parents and by our, our church parents. And we know better. You know what I'm saying? So I say this all the time. If you ever see me out of character, which I, which can happen because I'm only human, you know, but if you ever see me out of character or not like myself or not that humble being or that cool guy, please be sure to pull me aside just to, just to double check. Like, you good? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously I'm not because if you know me and you know me very well since we was little, bro, like, yeah, absolutely. Always been me. And I don't care what hangs on my wall. And like you said, I, to you, I'm Antoine Thompson. Like the Amadeus yeah. thing is cool, stage yeah. name and all that's cool, but I'm a person at the end of the day, and 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 before any of this, you yeah. know, you know, I'm a person. Like absolutely, man. Because because today they love you, and tomorrow it could be on to the next one, right? And I say yeah. that all the time, where my music is live on and the shows will live on, all that's cool, bro. But the thing that will never die mm -hmm. is how I treated you, and yeah how I influenced you or how I inspired you or how I motivated you, right? Because you can, you can say, mom, or tomorrow you can be like, oh, I'm a dance record, this is whack. Because we got this new producer. Right. Fire. Or all oh, I'm a dance drums, you know, he trash. You heard so-and-so? That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do that yeah. to everybody. They do that to Puff, oh, they do that to Swift. Everybody. Y'all, that nigga's whack. Metro is fire. You know, so-and-so is fire. All these youngins. Yeah. But the legend is like, how, bro? Like, but what? one day they're going to yeah. do it to me. Of course. <laughs> but, when you are a blessing to others, that's one thing that nobody can change. You can't, no. you can't be like, yo, man, he was a blessing to me, man. But nah, you're going to be able to say, Amadez was a blessing and a motivation and inspiration and cool. Yep. Forever remember that. So that's so I pride myself on that. It's about yeah. the music, but it's more so about just being a good person. The person, man. I love it. Um, that brings me to your name. You know, your stage name, Amadez, I believe it means 
a lover of God. So yes, talk sir. to me about about how you came up with the stage name Amadeus. Yo, I didn't even I didn't even know that until later. Um, wow. Which made which made it make even more sense of why that name. Mm. Uh, but as a little kid, we had to watch the movie Amadeus in school. Yeah. Um, and you know they forced us to watch. I definitely didn't want to watch it, but they <laughs> right. forced us to watch it. And as I watched it, I'm like, yo, this little dude is wild, bro. Like, just a class clown, outrageous, center of attention, fearless nuts but one of the most talented dudes you've ever seen in life yeah right and i just remember back to childhood of to be seeing that movie and was just like yo my name starts with an a why not use amadeus and and, and steve steve was actually helping me choose my name because he was like yo you need a name bro we're not using a boogie and a boogie <laughs> bro and he was like beethoven and i'm like nah he's like mozart i'm like nah, yeah all these classical he was like, Amadeus. And I was just like, I don't know, man. I didn't really love it at first. Steve Styles gave you no, a, a soup. Soup. Snoop. Oh, soup. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Steve Styles, by the way. That's bro. That's Shout bro out, Steve. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I was like, Amadeus. He's like, yo, see how you like it. Try it out. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens. So we would go into meetings and go to different places and go to labels. And say, What's your name? That's, that's Amadeus. Yeah. People were like, yo, that's a dope name, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So slowly but surely, like I started kind of like that reference. And then and then I just started started hearing people say it. And it had a little ring to it. And I never forget. We was at uh we was in Harlem and Puff was out there. He was at Rucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pulled up to him. I had a CD in my pocket. You know, like, you guys want to introduce myself, man. I'm a producer. My name is Amadeus. You know what I'm saying? One day I'm gonna be a party bad boy. <laughs> just like Spoken. that. Yeah. He was like, all right, that's what's up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a dope name too, Playboy. It's a real dope name. <laughs> I'm like, all right. And after that. <laughs> yeah, that was the cool sign you needed. I was like, cool. And then, like I said, later on down the line, you know, meant that it loves God. And I was just like, yeah, this is meant to be, man. And I, I love that name. Love that name to the point where, and everybody else too. Like, I, I barely hear my name. Like I said, if I hear my name, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> this, my mom called me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your you mom know. called you Amadeus? Yeah, my pops, you know, rest in peace to my pops. He passed rest away a month, pops. about a month ago. Yeah, um, yeah. he called me Amadeus. He used to call my sister, like, yo, I just got on the phone with Amadeus. Oh, my God. <laughs> we used to laugh. Me and my sister used to laugh at that, bro. So, yeah, man, it's, it's a powerful name. And um, and I just said, as a youngin', like, yo, I want to be the modern-day Amadeus. I want to be yeah. the, the, the hip-hop, R&B, pop, gospel version of that legendary dude that was a classical composer. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing, man. Let's let's turn the corner. Let's uh let's play a game. It's called Rapid Fire. Uh -oh. I'm gonna shoot out an either or multiple choice. So you just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. I just said so one word. Nah, not one word, but just the either or. So I'm gonna give you a choice. Okay. You just okay. tell me what you choose from that. Okay. All right. So Yamaha or DW? DW. DW. Sabian, Zildjian, or Minel? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you Pisces? See, I didn't even yeah. know. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So Pisces is dope. Okay. Um, MPC 2000 XL or 3000 XL, MPC XL. 2000. the classic one. Okay, uh, machine or Akai? Akai, Akai, uh, New York or LA? <laughs> I gotta go New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, you gotta go New York. Shout out to my next too. That was hard. Um, logic or Pro Tools? Oof. 
Logic. Logic. Uh, London or Paris? London. <laughs> okay. Uh, in ears or headphones? In ears. In ears. Five A or five B? Five A. Five A. Okay. No five A. Pizza or Chinese? Pizza. Pizza. Okay. Bronx pizza or Brooklyn pizza? Bronx pizza. Bronx pizza. <laughs> yes, is sir. a difference. Yes, sir. Okay, that's what's up. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Nike. Puma or New Balance? Ooh. 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 I'll go, go Puma. I'll go Puma. Okay. Spanish food or Italian food? Spanish you know, food. No, Spanish food. I go yeah. Spanish food. Okay, okay. Um, chopped cheese or a cheesesteak? So I don't eat red meat, but okay. I do. I, so I would go. I would do a chicken cheesesteak. So I do, if, I, if, I, okay. if, I could, if I could do a chicken cheesesteak, I'd do chicken cheesesteak. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. Um, Fordham Road or the Mall at Bay, Bay Plaza? Ooh, I'm in my Bronx bag. Ooh, -wee. oh, that's good, bro. Damn, see, it's errors. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. So, all right. Because Fordham Road is legendary, yeah. dog. But, so but back the in the day, yeah. was Fordham. Yeah. Right now, like if I if I had to choose right now, I would definitely say Bay Plaza. Okay. But back in the day, it was absolutely Fordham. Okay. Absolutely. Wow, that's dope. That was dope. Okay, good. Shout out me. Ah. Um, Hit Factory, New York or L.A.? See, I've never been to one in L.A., so I've got to say New York. Okay, you got to say New York. That's legendary. Daddy's House or the Hit Factory? Daddy's house. <laughs> okay. Um, this is good, bro. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta or Houston? Whoa. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Because I, I got history on both. Like, of music. course. Yeah. Ooh. Let's go to Atlanta. That was tough. It's, it's all your fans getting to know you, man. They see, nobody asked these questions. That was tough. <laughs> uh, Jamaica or Puerto Rico? Jamaica. Okay. Pro Mark Vader or Vic Birth? Vader. Vader. Me too. Uh, Canada or Mexico? Hot or cold? Which one? I think I go Canada. Okay. Japan or Australia? Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees or Mets? Yankees. Yankees. Okay. Jets or Giants? Giants. G-Man, <laughs> huh? Okay. Uh, Knicks or Nets? You better say Knicks. Well. Uh-oh. Because I heard I heard a funny story about how you left my team. Yes. I, I, need, I need to hear this. So, I'm going to say Knicks because deep down inside. You got to stay, stay with us, man. We coming but back, I've been, man. I've been rolling Nets lately because. And I saw you with that KD jersey on or Kyrie jersey on. Wait, yeah, you, you saw that. I had, I had the James Harden jersey on. Uh, oh, the, the 13. Yeah, the Harden jersey. Um, so I didn't like, and I'll leave it at this because I wouldn't be playing the game. I didn't like how they handled Melo. Me either. So when they handled, and I'm like, I'm a lo I'm loyal when it comes to like players and like. Yeah, me too. Like, so it's probably, I probably have the beef more with the organization. It was Phil. It was just right. Phil. So, yeah. so it's probably, you know, deep, like I said, that's why I said deep down inside, I'm a Nick. But I just didn't like how they how they treated Melon. I'm a mellow fanatic, bro. Like, bro, I'm gonna it. come home and I hope you home that weekend and we're gonna go to a game because we gotta. I think Melo's coming back this year. I think bro. they're gonna bring him back. So 
if that happens, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're fine. Like, I, like I, look, I, I, I will put this behind us. All is well, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Snapbacks or fittings? Ooh. Right now, I'm a day snapbacks. But back in Snap. the day, it was definitely fittings. Fittings, okay. Coats and Tims or sneakers and shirts? Coats and Tims. Coats and Tims. So you like the winter layering up. I'm the I'm Hoodie. a yeah. yeah, I hate the summer. Okay, <laughs> do you prefer? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you prefer making the song or performing the song? Ooh, that's that's a toss up. Um, ooh, that's that's good, bro. <laughs> that's real good. Damn, that's that's I'm I'm stuck. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna say making it. Making it. I'm that makes sense. You're producing. That was tough. That was a tough up. That was a toss up because it's both sides okay. of your life. <laughs> I was like, you're making it, but it's like the satisfaction of you performing it and getting the love. But it's yeah. like no love if you didn't make it. So it's like I did that because it's half your life. It's, it's yeah. You know yeah. the creative side making it, and then also the musician side. To, yeah. What do you enjoy That's more? Good, That's what's up, bro. Um. Do you prefer to travel like touring or do you want to stay at home and do studio sessions? And I know you say you don't do this anymore. So I guess it's kind of voided because you're not in sessions anymore traveling to do yeah. sessions. Yeah, Back so in the of, day, yeah. I think that question would have fit more. Yeah. Um, And it still would be a toss up because see the touring thing is me playing someone else's music. Yeah. You know, uh, like, you know, and, and obviously me and Trey made records, but like a lot of records we made, we wouldn't perform those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I think it would be the studio because it's actually me and creating yeah. what I'm creating for other artists and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that, but now, like you said, with it being more of the technology and we really in the studio like that, I would say more of the live thing now. Yeah, I got you. Makes sense. Um, starter or Michelin Ness? Ooh, and I see you got the starter on your... Yeah. Yeah. You team Look starter, right? Star. Look for the yeah. star. Yeah. Um, Air Force Ones or foams? Foam Air posits. Force. Okay. Um, and the last one, it's my favorite one, character or skill? Character. In our character. Story. And then explain I, why. I know, we know, mm -hmm. a lot of people, and I'll bring it back to me, because I, you know, I don't want to, I, I know a lot of people mm -hmm. that like circles around me. Okay. Drums. I know people that probably can produce me into a corner somewhere, right? But I feel like success is is not just based off of skill. No. Right. Um, it does take a certain level of skill to be great. But I always say you don't have to be the best to be the best. Yeah. And it's simple, but still super profound. Where it's like. Think about it. You don't have to be the best to be the best. Like, mm -hmm. you know, LeBron James, right? You consider him to be the best, right? But then you talk about it, but then what about Michael Jordan and all these mm -hmm. other players' name, right? If you're on LeBron's team and you're playing your part, AD, you know, Russell Westbrook, let's say for instance, if Russell, if they, if, if the Lakers would have won a championship last year, right? Russell Westbrook, as bad as a bad of a season as he had, still gets a ring. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> You still get yep. the ring, bro. Absolutely. So, because he's on a team. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the court. He might not be as dope as LeBron, but he's on the team. He's on the team. 
and he's suiting up in the Lakers uniform and he's playing his part, right? So I'm, I, and, I, and, I, and I use that as an example where it's like, nah, bro, I, I, it's, there's plenty of drummers that can play better than me. Yeah. But I understand. You know, but. But, but they're not you. They're not me, right? Not so you. I'm good enough to have the part skill wise. Yeah. But the other side to me where it's just like, do we want him or Amadeus? Yeah. He's fire on drums. Amadeus is fire, but he's fire. Yeah. <laughs> but then Amadeus is a person. <laughs> Yeah, and and you, when you put the personality and the character with the skill that you have, professionalism, you all that, all that matters, you man. As you can be with what God gave you, bro. That's right. Enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that character I, matters, man. And what's the I ratio then? Because you watching this. <laughs> very true. Well, you have to bring something to the table. So what? What do you think the ratio should be? Mm. 50-50, 60-40, What you think? I like. I like 50-50. Yeah. I like 50-50. Because I, I say it all the time where it's like me being a music director, you know, obviously I got, I'm surrounded by my brothers that I perform with, you know, Ricky and yeah. Nick and, and Butters, you know, that I toured with Trey. So I went and called my brothers and brought them out on the road. I feel like that's right. how it's supposed to be. You know, I'm yeah, absolutely. people from around the world. It's like, nah, these are my brothers that I played with all my life. Let me give them the experience of touring the world Yeah, with Trey songs. And that's what we did, right? So, but I would always say I would have, I would hire the dude that's okay. Mm -hmm. That can play the parts on drums, and is a and is a phenomenal person. Then yeah. hide dude that's the illest drummer in the world. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, quick, fast. Cause you know why? I gotta be on the road with this. I gotta be on the tour bus every day with this dude. Yeah, I gotta be in the dressing room with him every day. I gotta be on the flight with him. I gotta be in the hotel room with him. I gotta, I gotta like you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. How dope you are! I gotta yeah. like you, bro. The team yeah. gotta like you. Everybody gotta like you. We gotta like yeah. each other. We gotta love each other. And if Very I true. can't do that, I hire a dude that's okay. You know what? You are better than him, but he can play the parts. <laughs> yeah. But his spirit, his spirit, his energy is is phenomenal. So I'm gonna take him. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. take him. And that's that matters. I'm that matters, bro. Big time. That matters, man. Big time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. And I think people need to hear that. You know. Character and skill. Skill is important. Message to the younger generation. Skill is important, but character matters, and character Absolutely. will get you the call back and uh, and help you further your career. Absolutely. Speaking of career, let's play a game called uh, Respect My Catalog. I'm going to play a joint, and you tell me a backstory about it. Okay? All right. All right. Let's start with this one. Let's go. Man, <laughs> talk to me about that with the queen. Who was that? No, bro, that's the queen of the Bronx right there, man. Um, so real quick, uh, I had sent Chris Brown a bunch of tracks. He had got in the studio, and this is what I'm saying. Like I was mm -hmm. in New York sending the tracks. He got in the studio with with Jennifer Lopez. Um, and and shout out to Corey Rooney. Corey Rooney was in the building as well. So, um, and they created that record. Um, they they created that record. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, 
And that's how that came about, man. So I produced that with my, it was myself, my brother, my, my boy Chizzy out in L.A., my homie Ryan Tedder out in L.A. as well. And we created that record. And um, I remember J-Lo calling me, bro. I wow. know she called me because she wanted some more string parts. And and, yeah. the and instead of having, like, her assistant or manager call, like, she, I, she called she my She literally phone, called you. Called my phone, and I hung up on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, yo, she said, hello? You know what I'm doing? Like, See, hey, this is Jen. It's Jen Flopez. It's J-Lo. I was like. Yeah, right. <laughs> call back. I was like, no, no, for real. This is me. <laughs> and she's like, here's how you're going how, how to know it's me. She's like, I'm calling about same girl. And she was like, I want, you know, some changes made in a track. And I wanted to see if you can do it and how fast you can do it. And wow. I'm just looking at the phone like, we can do I can do it right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you want? She's like, no, I just want the strings to hit a little harder. Like, if you can add a little more. It's such an amazing piece. I love the track, this, this, and that. I just want more. I just want more. I was like, done deal. And she's like, how can you get this to me? I was like, give me, give me, I'll, be, I'll call you right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got it done, sent it back to her, and she loved it. And um, it was like, yeah, this is perfect. I'm going to go back in, finish up. This is, I love this song. Thank you so much. I love this song. It's so meaningful to me. Calls wow. me back again and was like, yo, I'm going to shoot a video in the Bronx. Gorilla. Like, like, just pull up to my old hood. She's like, if you want to come through, let me know. I'm, you know, put you in contact with everybody so they can let me know that you come through, come through, pull up to the video, whatever, just to, you know. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah, man. And, you know, she pulled up. She did a few scenes in Castle Hill and was on a train station on the sixth line and did wow. a thing. And she did a scene on the Grand Concourse at a, um, it's a building that was, I think it was like abandoned or something. Uh, and that was right across the street from the Bronx Museum. Yeah. And I pulled up, had my family. And uh, they was like, yeah, J Lo's in the room doing a, doing a quick change when she, she, like, gangster, no security, no nothing. Yeah. In the hood. Wow. And she's like, yeah, she's going through wardrobe. When she comes out, you know, just walk up to her and tell her you I'm a day. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that, bro. So she comes <laughs> out, and I'm sitting down, and I was like, hey, hey, Jill, fun. She's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I'm Amadeus. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Tells me to come over there and, like, gives me the biggest hug in the world. Wow. Thank you so much. I love this song. Did she know you from like, the Bronx? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's dope. Like, just fire, bro. And she's like, hey, I'm walking back to the set. You know, what you know, you can walk me to the set. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Walks me to the set. We get out there for the scene. And she's like, hey, I'm, everybody, this is Amadeus. She produced the track. Everybody yeah. say hi. Bruh. Wow. And Box that love, was like bro. experience and how that thing came about. And, you know, I forgot what year we did that. But, it's, you know, a few years old. 2014, I think. Yeah. 2014. You on your you on your you on your you on your job, oh, yeah, kid. Yeah. I do my so, research though. Now, what's fire is she re recently did a, a documentary on Netflix called Halftime. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen that, you know you guys tune and see that. It's, it's phenomenal. So it documents her preparing for her Super Bowl performance. Um, wow. Incredible. Yeah. And and when I get there, she had a screening in New York, crazy during film film festival week. And uh, her manager Benny Medina, who's a legend, comes up to me. He was like, "I got a surprise for you." And I'm like, "Me?" He's like, "Yeah." You're going to love this. Watching the movie. So she's taking the music and the string line from Same Girl and has it like scored throughout the music. I mean, Whoa. Like, I'm sitting there going crazy, bro. Like, wow. And what an honor, end, bro. What an honor, man. At the end of the movie, she takes the song and on the, on the deluxe version of the song, she has French Montana on it. 
Mm -hmm. So she takes her vocal and his vocal and builds like this whole uh, this whole orchestra arrangement around it. Wow. And that's how they end the, the, yeah. the and bro. Girl. I was just like, wow. That record <laughs> so, really touched your life though. That's yeah, crazy, bro. He's talking about like, you know, everything she's been through, all yeah. that she's accomplished. And it's just like, yo, no matter what I do, what I've done, the awards, the accolades, yo, I'm still I'm still, still the same. Black. I'm still the she's same still girl. You know that's what I'm saying? Dope. So crazy. Crazy that you picked that one. Sorry it took so long to give you that. But I had oh, to that's give dope. That's dope, man. My my uh, you know I work with Troy Oliver and yeah, he was interview. He did Jenny from the Jenny from the Black Yes, Court. sir. Yes, and sir. Shout out to Legend, bro. The OG Troy, man. Yeah, yes, sir. Um Let's play the next one. The best on the West. They say I walk around like I got an S on my chest. SLR audit that come coming tomorrow. King Dope Dome Arrows. Who you think you out here for? So come on. I see you working that bay. Yeah. You need to bring your work to the West Side. Man, we trying to break some. Bring a friend, bring a friend. It's a great sound of doors. So tell me that what you drink with a good Watch this. I'll be right back. See you play. That was what? Uh oh, uh oh, major flex. Let's go! Yes, sir. With the hardware, that was the West Side record. Yeah, so that that one was special, man. Shout out to my brothers, the Breed. Uh, they're actually from Connecticut too. My brothers, the Breed. Yeah, they're from my, the my, home, my home. Yeah. yeah, shout out to my brothers, the Breed, man. Snacks, yo, um, YA. So shout out YA. That was the first official Chris Brown placement, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. We had, like, records out. We had, like, it was records that he had on his mixtapes, mm -hmm. records that he had leaked, yeah. uh, um, and different things like that. Record, the record, the first record I had with him and Tiger on the, one, on the uh, Well Done mixtape, mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, which started it all. Yeah. But that record is special because that was the first official placement with Chris Brown on an actual album. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That one, that one was that one was special. I'm, I remember going. I remember being out in L.A. Uh, getting prepared, getting prepared to go on tour with Trey. I forgot what tour it was. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to the studio to hear to hear the song and the mix. Yeah. Um, and it was it was fire, man. Shout out to Brian Springer who recorded and mixed uh, that song. Um, but that one is special, man. And it just it just went gold. It's an older album. Um, Amazing. Old a few months ago, so I just you know got the got the hardware, man. And yes, sir. That's, that's definitely a big one. So so again, shout out to my brothers, man, uh, Rashad and Y.A. the Breed, man. We got a lot of two old three, my boys. Yeah, what's yeah, up? That one, that one was one that really, yeah, that was our first official official tissue one right there. Yeah. How did you get, how did you get linked up with my guys? Uh, my boy Cedo from uh from New York. I think he's from Queens. I think Cedo Crandall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah. I my cousin had introduced me to Cedo, mm -hmm. and me and Cedo was rocking, and Cedo had introduced me to to uh, Rashad and YA. I was like, yeah. I got these youngins, they they crazy, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I you know they tell you that, like, come on, man, like they like like crazy, bro, like crazy. Nah. Yeah. So that's how we met. I was living upstate. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. Sent me, I think, a CD. That's what he was doing, CDs and all that. Right. Like, sent me a CD, and I pressed play. And was yeah. like, oh no, <laughs> these dudes, these dudes got it. Yeah, and this was I'm talking about like over maybe a decade ago, bro. Yeah, 
when I super connected. proud of him. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we done a lot of work together. That we did a few on Chris Brown's album together. Yeah. Um, and they've been doing their own thing too, man. So yeah, shout yes. out to the breed, man. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to the breed. They're gonna be on here yeah. soon. I'm gonna get them get them out here too. Yes, sir. CT Heroes, man. Yeah. All right, let me let me play something else for you. Let me go. Oh. They ain't talking to us. Major. This name is easy like a layup. Meeting at the top and ain't no people in the way up. Me and my squad. This is visual art. I just pin a few bars. Need a frame of Amadeus. Yeah, lay. This is easy like a layup. Been over time with the grind. Yeah, I got my weight up. Busting through these lines like T-Sub. Time to pay up. Raven flow sky high. Yeah, I'm talking way Hold up. Hold up. Say what? Say what? What's wrong with all these haters? They lying. They lying. And I'm a gun. I'm saying. I'm trying to put my partners on. We always going to be first. A team of all-stars like it's diamonds on my t-shirt. Look at all these haters' faces, boy, all they hurt. We winning everything earned, nothing given to us. Repeat champions want to win, then you got to go through us. Non-debatable, so don't talk to us. Undefeated in bouts, so we don't talk losers. We talk the true lurk, boy, talk to us. First take, every word, great. Direct and produce verse, check out that word, play. Hey. Yo, man. This is major. <laughs> This Yo. is major. So this is major. That, I think that hands down be one of my biggest moments right here. Of um, course. That that's big. So of course, tell me about how it came about, who you linked up with. Yeah, the so inspiration. I, I had a really good relationship with, uh, and still do to this day, my brother Kevin Wilson, who is the music director at ESPN. Wow. Uh, and we met through my publishers years ago. And I was doing a lot of scoring for them. So, like, when you heard, like, Sports Center or, like, yeah. Highlights. Yeah, you know, they, they would be playing your music. I was doing yeah. a lot of that. And um, I remember. TV money, getting that TV money. Yeah, yeah bro. So, I remember him inviting me. I'm going to tell the story quick. Um, him inviting me to speak at his college because mm-hmm. he was a professor. Yeah. So, hey, I want to do a panel at my school. You know, you and a few other creatives, you know, this and this and that. And I was like remembering me like about to turn him down for it because I was like, yeah, I know college got mad bread. Yeah. And he was like, you know, ain't no budget. This is that. It's like a favor. And I was like, man, <laughs> I ain't doing that, man. So I hung up with him. <laughs> and as soon as I hung up, I like got upset at myself and was like, bro, this dude has had you all over ESPN. Yeah. Cut multiple checks for you, bro. Yeah. All over ESPN and music. How dare you? Yeah, they know to him because ain't no pay involved. He's cutting you enough bread for you to do whatever for him. For, for just yeah. for And I remember having that that moment, that check, that self-checking moment. Mm-hmm. And I called them right back. I was like, yo, when is it? What time is it? He's like, yo, I was like, I'm going to be there. He's like, you sure? I was like, I'm going to be there. Yeah. So pulled up, did the panel. Panel was fantastic. It was on a Saturday, too. So it was an off day. Panel was dope. And he's like, yo, that was phenomenal. He's like, I want to shoot you guys to lunch. That's, there's a Subway's up the street. I'm like, bet. I love Subway. <laughs> yeah. Go to Subway's, eating, eating, eating Subway's. He's like, man, I'm trying to finish this first take. Because I didn't, I didn't even know about first take. He's like, I'm trying to finish this first take theme song. I can't reach Tyler Kwali. And I'm like, what's wrong? What do, you, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I don't know him. They want to get him for the song, him and most Def. And I was like, Quali's the homie. I did mad songs with him. And, you know, at, yeah. at that time, I was like, my son's mom been touring with him for like 10 years. Yeah. That's my brother. Yeah. And he's like, I was like, absolutely. Right. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, I'll connect you. 
but who's doing the beat? Right. Opportunity. Like, figure that out yet. And I was just like, hello. He was like, cool. You find you connect us with Khalid Talib. You'll do the beat. We'll create the song, right? Fast forward. Obviously, it's not Talib and Most Def. No, the it's not. Wale and Stolly. So creative creative differences with Most Def. Most Def was Quali was picking beats. Most Def was picking a whole another set of beats from me. Yeah. They couldn't agree to the same one. Right. ESPN was like, we're crunched for time. We got to move on. Let's we'll get it done. It. Let's get it done. Wale is a fan of the show, friend of the show. Called mm -hmm. Wale. Wale brought in Stolly because Stolly was new. Yeah. Some love. And DC. we got the song done, bro. And the rest was history, man. And and I tell that story because if I didn't check myself, yeah. myself yeah. and go do that panel on the love and sit down, you know, and not sit down at subways thinking I'm too good for subways. Yeah. That whole moment would have never happened. And that was definitely one of the biggest moments in my life. I thank him still to this day for it. Yeah. And, you know, just listen, man, people show love. People do things for you, bro. Like everything ain't about money. Everything ain't about the bag. Everything is not about getting. Sometimes it's about giving. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, absolutely. They said your name. Like while they said your name in the Yo. record, like you had the theme song for First Take, which is the number one sports show in America, morning sports show with Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Bruh. Wow. Bruh. Crazy. And Stephen, to this day, a phone call away, yo. Yeah. Like a phone call away, man. And we, we did it. We re it was it was in play for like four years. Yeah. We it. And when we remixed it, Steve, you know, you gave me a shout out on the show again. Like shout out to Wale, Amadeus, and everybody that was part of it. Boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, we just became friends, man. And so I called him my big brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's and still to this day. I get him on the phone. Like, you know, he's not following a lot of people on Instagram. No. And he's following me. And people hit me up all the time. Like, yo, why Steve ain't following you? I was like, yo, that's but that goes back to what we talked yeah. about, where it's like skill and all that is cool, but character gets you places where skill and talent can't, man. Being a good person, man. I'm having a good time, bro. I'm I'm so hyped to be talking to you, man. We could go on and on, and I, I don't want to waste your time. Well, not waste your time, but hold nah, you any longer. Um, I consider you a friend and a brother, but I respect you so much as a young OG. You know, you produce some of the most iconic albums and work with some of, I think, the, the tally is you produced over a hundred records. Over a hundred, no, over a hundred artists. Over a hundred artists. So it's yeah, it's way past. It's yeah, crazy. part of that. I'm sorry. Over a hundred. See, I'm over here tripping out. I'm nah, feeling out. It's, over it's, a hundred. Dope because when you say that, and I and I say no, it's a hundred artists. It makes me reflect on how many actual songs. Yeah. Are out and released, and songs that are unreleased, and songs mm. that are cut that never made albums, and it's just crazy to just know like. How much music has been created give, over the two decades that I've been in the game? It's crazy, bro. Give me an artist. You don't gotta say. Who, well, tell me, an artist. Like I know you got some heat on a hard drive somewhere of something that's unreleased. No, nah, you don't yo, gotta. Me, me and Chris. Me and Chris got like 30, 40 songs. That's never wow. I got tracks on hold still to this day of like his engineer be like, yo, hold that, hold this, hold that, hold this, and these are all songs that's recorded, remixed, everything. Yeah. Done, ready to go. You know, that Chris can just be like, yo, I want to put that on this album right here. And I'll just yeah. hold it like it's Chris. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro. We got a ton of songs. <laughs> That's amazing. Anybody else? You got stuff in the um, top? Young and May. Me and Young and May did a lot of music. Young and May, okay. I think I had eight on her album. Uh, a few of her singles. Petty Wop. Um, yeah. Park She's Infection. super New York. Uh, she put out. What's the, I forgot the other joint she put out. She just put out another one, 8 Payday, that, yeah. that didn't make the album. But she, you know, cut, recorded, paid for it. She was like, yo, I'm going to put this out. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So we got a lot of records together. Um, Davies, 
You know, mm-hmm. we did the, the record perfect with him and Chris Brown. We you did sure it on a mixtape. Uh, he's working on a new album right now. We got about two records in right now. So yeah, man, always cutting, always cooking. Um, you know, so yes, yeah, there's a lot in the stash. But again, the creative process is is is, is different. You know, you can, yeah. you can have records. Sometimes they make it. Sometimes they don't. Like it's a record that I got with CeeLo Green. Ooh, my wife loves CeeLo Dog. Yo, I got a record <laughs> with CeeLo Green that's probably about 15 years old. Still popping. That is slapping. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I see him, I'll be like, yo, come on, man. Yeah. What are we doing, bro? And he's right. like, oh, man, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. So um, I wanted. Also, shout you out and give you give you props. There's no greater feeling than receiving love in your hometown. Mm-hmm. And I saw that you uh, received a mural in your honor. Yeah, man, that's dope. Talk about that experience, man. Crazy. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful for you bringing that up. And uh, you know, like I said in the video that I posted the other day, and it's funny you brought that up because um, I didn't even. I just I'm just showing that video, and I was just talking about yeah, I was talking about like most times people don't get to see it. Yeah. You know, where, you know, a mural is done or a street naming is done and it's after they've passed away, man. And it's like, yeah. I'm just grateful to be chosen to be amongst, you know, the elite DJ D-Nice is up there, uh, mm-hmm. Grandmaster Flash, which is a, a full circle moment because that's the same artist that my mom used to play yeah. records of when, when I was little, as a little kid that I, that I, you know, that I listened to. So to be on a mural with him, uh, uh, Tuffy, Tuffy was the host on Video Music Box, you know? Yeah. Thing. I'm watching video music box on a on a on a TV with an antenna attached <laughs> to the top, hoping that the yeah. picture is clear. Right, being on the mural with him, man. So definitely a, a humbling, a, a, an incredible moment, um, and just you know grateful that it's there and just hopes that it inspires you know every young king and queen that has the opportunity to see it and visualize it and be able yeah. to make the name and knowing that I was there and you know and I'm, I'm gonna do a lot more things with them, man, just to because I don't want to just be on the wall there and. You know, be that guy that never shows up. It's like, nah, that's the, oh, that's 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 the guy from the wall. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm here, and I want to talk to you guys. I want to inspire you guys. I want to take pictures, hug the babies, kiss the babies, all that good stuff, and show that I'm present and not just on the wall. Absolutely, man. Um, also, you received a citation of uh, of merit, right? Uh, from the city, from the Bronx, bro. Yeah, humbly speaking, yeah, I probably got about. Eight or nine of them joints. Wow, hometown and, love, man. Yeah, and 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 that's always been a bucket list, and I didn't I, I didn't even know what it was called, like you know, yeah. like proclamations and all of that. And I was like, you don't want to get one of those, and, you know. And I never even knew what it took to get it, you know. Mm-hmm. So has obviously has to do with community work and giving back and stuff like that. So this all these years I've been doing it, and not knowing that that that's what it takes to actually get it. Um, so I have a few of them, very proud of them. Um, you know, going after a few things, I want the key to the city, man. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. So, but you know, I've, I've always, but I had to kind of get back to what it originally was. Meaning, I've never worked for any of this stuff for this stuff. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, it was the love and passion for music, right? Love and passion for just being a blessing to others. So, I don't want to get caught off guard and change or or. You know, change the focus on. Oh, I'm gonna do that to get that. It's like, nah, that that ain't real. That ain't authentic. So I'm gonna continue to be authentic. Yeah, be a blessing and continue to create because I love it. And whatever comes from it, comes from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You've been known to be a motivational speaker. Um, talk about how different ways you use your platform to inspire the people. 
you know, it started when I, from touring, right? So I used mm -hmm. to go around whatever city I was in and would be like, yo, what's the nearest school? You know what I mean? And if I had time, just even for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, just pop up to the school that was nearest to the venue. That's amazing. I'll speak to the kids, you know, yeah. unplanned, unscripted. You know, I'm on tour with Trey Songs. We out here right now. I'm in your city. Mm -hmm. You know, kids just like you from the hood, from the bottom, you know, that, that dreamt of being this and this and that. And, you know, just, you know, and encouraging them to do the same, you know, and yeah. as, as, as I older, the older I got and, you know, social media existed and I was able to really put a brand behind it and really build it up and started doing college tours and yeah. panels and, and just leading the conversation of, you know, why not chase your dreams and, and mm -hmm. uh, knowing what the music business has to offer besides being an artist or being a creative, like you yeah. know, a publicist, a, mm -hmm. an engineer, audio engineer, recording engineer, mix engineer, front house engineer, like yeah. people not know all of these different areas that existed in music. And I was like, nah, you got to learn about this. This everybody ain't everybody ain't, ain't for the microphone. Everybody no. musician, but right. you have an ear of a and R. You might be able to handle business. You know, you know, you might be able to count. You know what I'm saying? So. There's so many areas. So that's kind of what, what it turned into. Um, and again, I love it. I'm passionate about it. So it's always unscripted. Yeah. The room, based on where I'm at, feel the energy of the room and, 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 and remain prayerful and just give them what I feel it's needed for the, for them in that particular moment. And yeah. it's always been that way. That's that's amazing, man. Tell us about your book. Yes, the story, the story. I'm this. And I'm yeah. always get on the interview and never have it. <laughs> I'm going to go run and get it so I can show it. No, I'll, 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 put, I'll put it up. Okay, I'll, perfect, I'll put, perfect. Thank up, you, yeah. brother. So, yeah, uh, always wanted to do it for kids. Um, just kind of sharing and telling them of, of, yeah, it is, of how I become Amadeus, the music yeah. producer, the musician. Um, uh, and, and being that the pandemic happened and I was able to sit my behind down somewhere, yeah. it created the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, so yeah. we was able get it done during the pandemic shout out to my co-writers uh, and authors uh lynn hobson and trina stackhouse who i worked with the book uh worked on the book with yeah uh, we finally got it done and you know bittersweet because i was working on it during the pandemic um and during that time you know our, our bishop my bishop passed away uh bishop yeah. michelle white passed away rest in peace to our, our angel um and i created a moment for her in the book because she is definitely a part of y'all y'all are awesome y'all are awesome I created a moment for her in the book, but after she passed, I, I wanted to make it a bigger moment. Yeah. So I went back in and edited a few things, and I actually uh, created a, a memory of for her in the yeah. book. So open up the first page, you'll see a memory of, you know, Bishop Michelle White. Um, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, so that was tough. Um, but I, I would just, I could just hear her voice in my ear whispering, you know, you got this, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she and she said that to you many times. You know, yeah, you know. of course. Yeah, you got this, baby. Everything's gonna be okay. You know. And I just thought about her and would she want me to give up? Would she want me to not continue and push forward? Absolutely. Right. Like, mm. I I did it. Got it done. Was able to release the book, uh, and it's been doing phenomenal. I've been able to get it in schools. Principals have been ordering by the bulk. Wow. You know, uh, shout out to Principal McKenzie in Las Vegas who ordered uh, eight, 180 books mm. for her fourth and fifth grade class, went in, did a presentation. I autographed every single book. That's just me, man. Like, yeah. And did the same thing in New York. Um, Principal Jocko and, 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 and Principal Malik and 
just everybody uh, that's, that's Principal Johnson, just everybody that's supported here. Just that's amazing, Principal man. Torres, yeah. so many principals that just tapped in. And that was kind of towards the end of the school year, like mm -hmm. March. Yeah. And we did good then. So now that school is starting up now, I'm really excited about all of the new opportunities. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the OSG uh, principal movement, my brother Dennis and Denise. Uh, shout out to my, my, my partner in crime, Domingo Flores, who has been managing me with this whole book thing in regards to getting them into the schools and guiding me with leadership. So it's just coming around full circle. And yeah. um, now, I, I guess I would say, unfortunately, man, but God knows best, I, I'm going to go and make another edit to the book. Okay. Uh, my dad passed away. Um, so it'll now say in memory of, you know, my yeah. dad and Bishop. Uh, so I'm awesome. going to do that. Um, but it's dope because he got to see the book. Yeah. Got to read it. I wrote a, you know, wrote a nice message out to him. Yeah. He was very proud of it. Proud of me. Um, you know, so it, it was a blessing for him to be able to see it for him. The, um, witness of how, how much I remembered as a little yeah. kid. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Keeping peace to my dad, keeping peace to Bishop. Uh, I know they're proud of me. I know they're with me each and every single moment, every single day. Yeah. And, uh, just grateful to be able to talk about them. I want to offer my personal condolences to you and your family, man, you, on the man. recent loss of your dad. Um, so I know how you feel. And uh, I've yes, been down that road 2018. It'll be four years for me. Wow. Um, wow. So um, at this stage of your life, you know, how important is legacy to you? Big. Yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. And it's always been. You know, um, I watched a video of a gentleman, I don't know his name, but he talked about how important dads are. Yeah. Right? Especially with, you know, in, in general, but especially with sons. Yeah. And he mentioned about him being a, a, a graduated out of high school, I mean, college and going to the NFL and yeah, all these awards and accolades. And he said, none of it mattered. All of the praise and the love I would get outside didn't matter. It don't, I, I only wanted to hear from my father mm -hmm. that proud yeah um and i can relate to that you know uh i can relate to that where we had a great relationship when I, as i got older kind of got a little tough you know i become my own person my own man of course yeah see eye to eye and you know but to top of this year you know we had a great conversation on his birthday and he shared those things I'm proud of you you, you take care of yourself and i remember when you came and got my records for the first time and mm -hmm. now you're doing it the world knows you and Amadeus and, you know, and that's based off of legacy. You yeah. want to, your parents to be proud. All of these yes. sacrifices that were made, all of the hardships, you know, we never went out, went, never went without food, never went out with anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I want to take my name and my last name and, and yeah. you've built me to be and make you proud, but also be, make a difference in the world and change the world if I can and just be a, a name that when you hear that name it's like oh you know yeah <laughs> music not just for greatness when it comes to creativity but just like you said just being a blessing and giving back and and just being a good person so legacy is everything you know when, when we we all going to have our day you know not to scare everybody that's tuned in but you know god is eventually going to bring each and every single one of us home right and yeah when you leave this earth you know what do you want people to be able to say like what are you leaving and that's why I yeah. say music is cool. The music will always be here, but there's always going to be a new song. There's always going to be a new show. There's always going to be like a, that. Always going to be a new producer. There's always going to be a new creative, yeah. which makes you forget about the one that came before them, like what yeah. they do now with our legends, right? We'll yeah. never forget because we have a certain level of respect, and we will never disrespect 
the OGs that come before us that paved the way, right? But a lot yeah. of the here, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like you can forget about the music, you can forget about the plaques, Amadeus, whatever. But one thing you'll always remember is how I've touched your life. Yeah. How I've influenced you, of how it inspired you. So when you become not because of me, of course, but but whenever you become whatever you've dreamt of becoming, whether it's a CEO, yeah. a musician, a drummer, a producer, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, you might think about the fact of the conversation we had. You might think about you watching this interview or saying, man, I remember me watching this interview with Chip and I'm this, and he says something, and it penetrated, and yeah, I went and got up, and I did this, and now I'm the CEO revolt. And exactly. I'm, you know, I'm the yep. nurse or technician that... Yep. That you'll never forget. That you'll mm -hmm. always remember. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I feel like the music put me in a position to be able to touch more lives and to touch more people and inspire them. And that's just where the legacy is for me. Like the music is cool, but I want to make a difference. I want to. Yeah. My name. Damn. He gone. Like not. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So like I said, the, the the legacy continues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was gonna ask you how you want to be remembered, but you just said it. You know, <laughs> we want to remember you. You, you, you segued right into my next question, but like you already answered it. We want to remember you for the work that you've done, for the work you've done in music. That's cemented. That's here forever. You know, for the father that you are to your children, yes, you know, that's that's cemented. You know, for the for the man you are in the community, that's cemented. For for you being a, a, a author, that's cemented. You know, for you being a kind, for, for you as the person and being, that's cemented on the wall, on the mural, yes, you know. Sir. Different things are different levels of, of of all of your career have come to these physical things or these emotional things where they're cemented in our memory and in our hearts forever. So I wow. just want to thank you, bro, for being a good person. Thank you, bro, for being a stand-up guy. Thank you, bro, for, for being an example to the next generation. Thank you, bro, for being an example as a peer, as someone your same age that can look to you and say, my guy is doing it. He's providing the insight and he's providing the... Uh, the the uh instructions to how to be successful for the next generation because a lot of times people make it but they don't ever reach back you know what i'm saying we can all count on the people that we know that got money that that made it made the hits and all that stuff but they never came back for their little bro they right. never came back to, to to the school they never came back to teach this is how i did it because everybody wants to be selfish and hold it for themselves they never want to pass it on to the next person and i always said that i'm i'm the person that nobody ever put me on so I always had to create my own situation. Yes, sir. And I'm and I said I'm going to be different. If I get anything in life, I'm going to always reach back and try to help the next people. And yes, I sir. and I next person in line. And I pray that that I'm able to accomplish that. And you, my brother, have done that. And so I want to salute you. I'm doing that and, right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want to salute you for that. And I want to salute you, you know, for taking time out. Of, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with me and here with us um, to talk about your story, the story of Alan Davis. It's amazing, my brother. And, and, and I'm grateful, you know, for all of the love, all of the accolades. I know it's genuine. I know it's real. Um, it feels even better knowing that, you know, of our brotherhood and our brother and our friendship that existed prior long before is even was even created musically, you yeah. know, there was mm -hmm. always love. There was always support. It was always genuine. Um, and like like you said, like I said, ain't, ain't nothing changed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just as you as you proud of of me, I'm proud of you too, bro. You Thank know, you. We all have our own journeys. We all have our own destinations, uh, and we all uh, all have our different ways to get there. You know, mm -hmm. my road is my road. Your road is your road. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we we still meet up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we absolutely. Up. We all walk in our greatness, and we and, and we walk in how dope we are, and 
and it is what it is. And 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 look look years later, decades later, yeah, look how we reunite to you know to be a blessing to the to to, to not only be a blessing for the viewers in the future, but to be a blessing to each other. So I yes. don't take that lightly, my brother. Thank you again for having me. I, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you, um, man. You know, this is a great platform. And, you know, this this is going to live on forever. And this is going to help people forever. And I'm just glad that you called on me, you know, to be chosen to be a part of this amazing show. Bro. Been trying to get you on, bro. So who do you okay. want to see on the show? And then uh, you got to help me get them on. Okay. I, I, I might call my right. Let me see. Um, um, who else? Let me, let me put some thoughts here. I would, you know, be a dope conversation. You and Butters. Okay. Let's do it. You and Butters. You, you and Ralph Kearns. He, he, he an OG in the game, too. He got, Absolutely. He did a, he did a lot, bro. A lot, yeah, absolutely. A lot. Casey and JoJo, Case, yeah. You know, so I think it'll be. Did you? Did you have? You had Daryl eighty eight young on yet? Not yet. No, I he know Daryl. Yeah, he would. Like Fox you legend. know, like you know, because a lot of you know, you, you get a lot of the youngers, but you got to get some of these OGs, man. Oh yeah, stories. They got all the game. Yeah, you got Stanley on yet? Nope, I'm working on Stanley. I'm working on Lauren Dawson, and I got yeah, a few bro. more. Yeah. yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got some heat that came through today though, so you be on the lookout for that. There you go. That's what we see, awesome. man. But I, I thank you for endorsing the project, man. I thank you for endorsing the pod, man. Thank you. Your support means the world to me. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, definitely, man. We gonna lock in. Y'all, y'all know how to find me. Amadeus on on Instagram. Amadeus PBM. Yeah. Uh, Twitter producer Amadeus. The website is www.iamkingamadeus.com. Look at this guy. He's media trained. He didn't even let me get to that part. Yeah. He just went. You know he's ready. <laughs> he done did a thousand interviews. He like, all right, we closing now. So let me let me go yeah, ahead and no. give you my, my socials. We do this, King. We do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, man. That's the wrap, man. Of in the pocket podcast with Chip G. Thank you to Amadeus. Thank you to my cousin Taylor, my co-producer. Um, and Amadeus, I appreciate you, man. We love you and we appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Coming to a close. That was uh my boy King Amadeus, the producer, multi platinum uh producer you saw all the plaques on the wall this guy is highly decorated um i'm grateful for the opportunity uh that and the availability that he had to come chill with us um we'll be back soon with new content um please subscribe to the youtube channel please uh follow us and subscribe to all the other platforms wherever you get your podcast all that jazz so uh tap into that and uh i'm grateful for everybody coming out tonight thank you and i'll holler at you soon stay in the pocket